You know, uh, we, we were talking about the stamps that the U.S. Postal Service is going to be introducing, scratch and sniff stamps. The Post-Gazette folks were, were bandying about should there be local ones? Should it be specific to certain towns? I think if we're going to do a localized Pittsburgh stamp, scratch and sniff, it should, it should smell like Rick Seaback. <laughs> Sweets? Just like a donut shop. <laughs> Just a delightful a picture. A jolly bakery. Right. A delightful picture of Rick. Uh, and you scratch it, you smell oh. it, and it smells like ready-made donuts. Danish. See, see, if it was a Pittsburgh stamp, the only thing I could think of is uh, wet jean shorts. <laughs> Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Ah, uh, yeah, Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle there. He'll be back tomorrow. That is a classic Pittsburgh smell. Wet jean shorts? Oh, yeah. We were at, we were at Idlewild uh, on Sunday and we went to the soak zone because it was so hot, you know, and that's mm-hmm. the, the the whole pool area there. They sure. have a wave pool and water slides and whatnot. And I'd say there's probably about 1,000, 1,500 dudes, roughly, give or take. And uh, I think I saw two bathing suits. <laughs> Everyone else was wearing baggy mesh shorts, just a pair of double XL ride L's. Yeah. Soaking wet with boxer briefs underneath or jean shorts. What are those weigh when they're wet? Forty-five pounds. Yeah, I don't know. They do get old, I, and then they or, wear or, or them rather wet, heavy. Yeah, for the rest of the day. Oh yeah, which is nice. Which is a nice chafe on your crotch, <laughs> and a nice wet spot you leave behind on every, every ride you go on, every place you go. Thanks, guys. No problem. That's it's, a wonderful smell. Uh, Val mm. is still off. Uh, I'll give. Uh, I've got a quick news update for you, and uh, a look at the weather brought to you by Dormont Appliance. Ensign. Yeah, currently uh, it's not uh, not blazing hot, about 72 degrees at DVE. Uh, no one is hurt after a dangerous, dangerous firefight for the first responders in North Stravain Township. Monday night, firefighters were called to the long drive home full of ammunition after it caught fire. Oh, wow. It's reported the homeowner is an avid sportsman. Thousands of rounds of ammo in the house. There's no word on what sparked the fire. Was it like the uh, the warehouse in Naked Gun, where he's going dispersed, nothing to see here, and there's just fireworks yeah. going off behind? <laughs> it's like Fourth of July. <laughs> State amusement ride inspectors are taking a closer look at Kennywood after several issues came up over the last week. Department of Agriculture inspectors checked out the Thomas the Train ride. Yeah, the, Tommy jumped the track a couple times. And the pirate ship. After issues were reported last week, the Thomas ride remains closed with crews either repairing or replacing a section of the track. No one was injured in any of the incidents. All I'm saying is, when Brian and Gino were on the job, that's right, stuff never happened out there. These guys retire. Now look what happens. Well, Gino's still out there, right? But he's doing yeah, like, but he can't do it all. No, right by himself. He needs Brian to to right. ask him if he's all right the yeah, whole time. Exactly. Otherwise, how will we know if he's all right? We'll never figure it out. Um, yeah, the pirate ship. What happened with the pirate ship? It just wouldn't stop swinging or something? Like passengers got stuck on that ride for 15 minutes or something? Something like that, yeah. And ever since Brian and Gino stopped oiling the track. Once the track has been checked out, Brian and Gino will work on the coaster's chain. Then they'll usually give the empty train a dry run. If all seems okay... Gino will then get ready to oil the track. 
He hangs out the front of the train. I mean, that is... <laughs> Yenzer Centaur style. Let's he hangs this side of the track, now this side of the track. My favorite is the way that Rick just says that, like, it's no big deal. Like, he hangs out of the front of the train. This is how he does it, and not, he hangs out of the front of the f- train. In the, Jesus. In the first 10 minutes of the thing, he's walking down a set of uh, super slippy uh, wooden steps and almost bites it into the ravine. The catwalks on a roller coaster are most dangerous on a morning like this just after a rain. The wet, greasy wood can be like ice. You all right, Gino? Yeah. Sure you all right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Today's one of them mornings. Careful on them catwalks. It's a cat, It's a slippy catwalk morning. That's what the Kevin Benson weather should be. Uh, today is a slippy catwalk weather. Careful out there. <laughs> The Bachelorette is engaged. Yay! I have no idea who this is. None. Didn't know this was a thing. Becca Kufrin accepted the proposal from Garrett. Your These are horrible names. Garrett, your Gurgergi. Your Guyan. You're going to make like a big you mistake. To, I'd like you to make to be Mrs. McGee. Will you be Mrs. <laughs> Last night's three hour finale in the Maldives. Documented Kufrin. I, are you speaking English right now? What are all these words? This is a people's name. Deciding what, between what's the, the Maldives, the islands. I've never heard of the Maldives. I've heard of them. I've are never they nice? been there. It's where scuba divers go. Is it near Trinidad and Tobago? Uh, in Pittsburgh, we'd probably call it Maldives. You giving out Maldives? They can I get a pack of Maldives? Kufrin uh, was deciding between the two final contestants, Garrett Yerguyan and Blake Horstman. <laughs> Holy bad ba- last names. These are terrible choices. God awful. Becca had previously revealed to viewers that she was in love with both men. Oh. Like that's some sort of no... How can you be in love with both? I don't know. Well, you have a nice uh, networks budget and, you know... Yeah. You go in a 40-million-year-old cave and have an impromptu picnic, and things could happen. She was, uh, she ultimately fell for the 29-year-old Garrett. You're going. In a tearful monologue, Blake Horstman, the 28-year-old from Denver, said he was stunned by Becca's decision. Wasn't there? I read something on Twitter. There was like a horrible stupid quote that one of them gave as he was getting canned. I guess that guy was bawling on television. Good luck getting a chick ever again, dude. Some numbers you can play with, some numbers you can't. One plus one equals us, baby. That's God's number. <laughs> Ray Lewis was just doing the whole thing. Here's why you should get married to Blakey Horseman. 1785 34. <laughs> yeah. like, are you just reading out your locker combination? Crazy, right? Tell you about numbers, 5, 15, 75, right? I played 17 years. Yeah. I go to the University of Miami, right? And I get signed one of the last scholarships ever given. Right? I didn't even have a scholarship. I wasn't even a media guy. And the coach asked me, Randy Shannon asked me, what was the number you wanted? He said, the last numbers we got is these numbers. And I looked and those numbers was 5 and 2. And I said, give me that 52. He said, why you like 52? I said, because... B-Dog, that's God's number. God, dummy. That's completion. 
I play 17 years. I leave 17 years. I go play in Super Bowl 47. Right. Now divide that by God. Multiply it by the Holy Spirit. Carry the Mary. Transfer the Joseph. If you're looking to buy a talking, sorting hat, Target has your back. That's the Harry Potter sorting hat? The store is giving Potter fans a chance to know what it's like to be sorted into a Hogwarts house. For $24.99, the hats sing and dance around before determining whether you belong in Gryffindor, Slytherin, Ravenclaw, or Hufflepuff. These sounds like the, the last names of Bachelor contestants. <laughs> Would you be Mr. Huggagaga? <laughs> the hats are available in stores for now. Carlos Santana. Very, very affordable. Is set to continue his highly successful residency at the House of Blues in Vegas. So he's going to be there for a long time. January 23rd, 25th, 26th, 27th, 30th. End of January, beginning of February. Additional shows in uh, September and uh, through the fall. So that's kind of cool. If you could, yeah, you it's know. really cool. Yeah. Uh, Bob Dylan is going to be uh, launching his first tour in 2018. 25 yeah. performances in the southern portion of the country. The fall road trip will begin October 9th in Midland, Texas, and run through November 11th in Richmond, Kentucky. The Rock and Roll Hall of Famer will also perform in cities such as Mobile, Alabama, Fort Lauderdale, Macon, Chattanooga, Knoxville, and Charlotte. Dylan's website's got all the info if you want to check it out. Going to be here wherever I am. And finally, the uh, University of Delaware is the top party school in the country. The Princeton Review has released its list of colleges and universities most likely to show students a good time. Rankings included things like alcohol consumption and number of hours spent outside the classroom. The company also ranks stone-cold sober schools with Utah's Brigham Young at the top of that list. No big surprise there. University of Delaware, did you say? Yeah, buddy. Top party school in the country. Is it because it's in Delaware? I don't know. And there's nothing else to do in Delaware? Blue hens, man. Oof. The Delaware blue hens. I think no that's their No thanks. Uh, Billy Gardell will join us a little bit later on this morning on the show. Buckos can't capitalize on a decent Joe Musgrove outing. Mike will have all that in sports coming up, plus a report and an update from Steelers training camp. They were off yesterday, but back at it today. It is the DVE morning show. The Beatles, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Um, you said that's your favorite It's one of them. all-time Beatles song? You know what it's about? It's not about LSD, right? No, I thought it was about... Um Diamonds. Yeah, well, so originally, you know, LSD, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, a lot of people thought it was a veiled uh, sort of uh, ode to lysergic, whatever the other two things stand for, LSD, acid. Uh, But he said, no, his daughter just gave him a drawing, and he said, what's this? And she said, it's Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. But, of course, everybody was so freaked out by the Beatles back then, they were just like, oh, this is LSD culture. Well, the thing was is that everyone else was on LSD at the time. Right. So they kept reading way too much into everything the Beatles did. They were like, there's hidden messages. Paul's dead. Did you know? Did you? Ever, they won't show his face. Did you ever wonder if the Beatles would have gotten back together and toured? Oh, of course. Yeah. I think it was I, inevitable that it would have happened had John lived. definitely would have happened. Probably right around the time the Eagles went back out on the Hell Freezes over to around 94, something like that. They would have been in their early 50s, and they would have been like, you know what? Michael Jackson owns our catalog. 
let's go out and make some real money. And they would have taken like an orchestra out and done a set. And Billy Preston probably would have played keys and they would have done a set of uh, them just rocking out the four of them doing like the old uh, Beatles stuff, you know, the old uh, teeny bopper kind of stuff. You know the um, the documentary, the Billy Joel documentary that, that I uh, always talked about, the last play at Shea? Yes. How um, basically he got Paul McCartney to come close out that that, that mm-hmm. stadium show, and they had been the first ones to ever play that stadium. Right. They might have, you know, maybe closed out Shea. Oh or, sure, or done a you know what I mean? Done a show like some kind of symmetry, like a big deal, like to bookend a uh, a stadium show. Shea is so crappy though, or was it's so, so crappy. Te- it yeah. was terrible. That the I, sound was god awful. I can't even imagine what that Billy Joel show sounded like back then. Well, a lot better than the Beatles did when they <laughs> showed up in '64. I mean, think about Billy Joel right now. The lives this guy has had now. He is on an unprecedented residency at Madison Square Garden, of all places. Right. He is 62 or something like that. Maybe he's a little older. He's got a baby. That guy just keeps marrying, like... In his stomach? New York news anchors. No, no, no. I mean, it looks like... It's born. No. He's about as tall as a baby, too. He's a tiny fella. Billy Joel is not tall. He's boss baby. He is. He runs around with a suit and a tie, plays songs... And then eats chicken wings in mesh shorts in his hotel room. Billy Joel lost all his money because his brother-in-law, who was his manager, ripped him off. Ripped him off completely. And then he got super rich again. Lost that, and now he's super rich again. He gave an interview a couple weeks ago to Vulture, and uh, it was it was great. I highly How did recommend. How he lose reading. his money the second time? Uh, he just, just bad investments. Yeah, bad investments. Him yeah. just being stupid and not paying attention to stuff. Oh man. I think he's pretty good now on the cash. After all these Madison Square Garden concerts that sell out, they all sell out. He's like the musical Bruno San Martino, just keeps selling out the garden. Mike Pursuit has got your sports coming up here momentarily. The Buccos have a tough time yesterday in Colorado, and uh, the camp resumes today. St. Vincent College in Latro for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Interesting words from Kevin Colbert about Mason Rudolph being ahead of schedule. Mm. Didn't look like it when we were out there. He looked no. like he didn't know what the hell he was doing. Oh, hey, there's Mason. Yeah, that's what Crawford said. He got really excited when he saw Mason Rudolph. Oh, hey, guys, there's Mason. <laughs> <sighs> Mike will have a full sports report, and hopefully he'll be able to compose himself. That's next. <laughs> DVE. DVE Sports. All right, Mike Pursuit is live at Steelers Training Camp, St. Vincent College in Latrobe. Mike, good morning. How are you, man? Good morning, guys. Uh, what's going on? Morning, Mike. Sports is out brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Uh, Joe Musgrove, very good last night for the Pirates in Colorado, but Kyle Freeland a little bit better, and the Bucks fall to the Rockies 2 to nothing. Musgrove goes seven innings, allowed four hits, two runs, just one of them earned. He walked none and struck out two. Musgrove also contributed one of the two Pirate hits, a double, but uh, Freeland... Went uh, seven innings and gave up uh, two hits, no runs, three walks, and five Ks. Uh, the Pirates falling to 57 and 56. They are eight and a half games behind the Cubs in the NL Central Division and five and a half games out of the second wild card spot. But the plot thickens with the 49 games to play. General Manager Neil Huntington making another acquisition yesterday. The Pirates. 
get their hands on shortstop Adani Echeverria from Tampa Bay in exchange for Class A right-hander Mike Sealinger. The Bucks also get cash considerations from the Rays in the deal. Echeverria is uh, about a $6 million shortstop. He's one of the best fielders just about anybody has ever seen. And uh, his offensive statistics, not all that different than Jordy Mercer's. This season, uh, Echeverria is hitting two fifty eight with three homers and 26 RBIs. Mercer, uh, five thirty two and two sixty. Uh, they may have just gotten themselves a better shortstop guy. What are they doing, Mike? I've never seen this. Making moves and uh, trying to maximize the run. Now, this, this move is... Unlike the ones they made at the non-waiver trade deadline in that uh, Echeverria is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. And as I mentioned, he's about a $6 million shortstop this year. So I don't uh, necessarily see him as a guy who's going to contribute long term. But uh, in the short run here, what do you do uh, at short between Echeverria and Jordy Mercer? Uh, Does this mean that uh, Sean Rodriguez's time with the Pirates has come to an end? And also, they had (laughs) video of Josh Bell taking batting practice last night uh, on the broadcast from Colorado, AT&T Sports. Uh, Josh Bell's eligible to come off the disabled list, so some moves apparently uh, are going to be made in advance of uh, the second game tonight in Colorado. Jamison Tyone, 8-8 with a 3.74 ERA. He'll be opposed by Chad Bettis. 5-1, 5.10. Steelers were off yesterday, which uh, gives us a chance today to dive into the rules changes uh, with a little more detail. We had uh, a contingent of NFL officials here on campus last week, uh, including back judge Tony Steratour from uh, Washington, Pennsylvania. Tony uh, updated us on uh, a number of changes and points of emphasis, including that new uh, you-can't-hit-with-the-crown-of-the-helmet rule, which uh, this year is all-inclusive. Nobody at any time can legally lead with the crown of their helmet and initiate contact on an opponent to any part of his body. This isn't just for crown-to-helmet, helmet-to-helmet. That stuff's been in. That hasn't changed. That's going to continue, obviously. But uh, this also goes... You can't lead with the crown of your helmet into the chest of a player or to the thigh or hips of a player. You know, obviously that protects the guy who's making the hit as well as the guy who's receiving the hit. And when we say all-inclusive, guys, this would include a quarterback on a quarterback sneak. Wow. I can't wait for the first penalty on a quarterback for leading with the crown of his helmet. Yeah. Is this is this a new rule implemented because of the Shazier injury, or at least impacted by that injury? Uh, I don't know, but I know that they've been trying to get this type of hit out of the game for a long time now. And, uh, you know, the, the helmet-to-helmet stuff was apparently uh, only so effective in the eyes of the competition committee. So this is what they've come up with. Uh, we've heard a lot about this rule since its implementation. We talked uh, a lot about the new catch rule yesterday but uh kind of an under the radar change or should i say changes uh are the alterations they've made on the kickoff policy that is significantly different this year here's uh tony steratore telling us uh what you have to do in order to have a legal kickoff this season this year uh new rules in place that you have to have a five by five so you'll have five guys on either side of the kicker in the past you could overload 
run 6-4 and those types of things. The 5-5, five and five, you have to have at least two guys between the sidelines and the numbers, and at least two of them also have to be from the numbers to the hash mark. And also for the kicking team, uh, they all the players have to have at least one foot within one yard of their restraining line, which in a normal situation would be the 35-yard line. So you've got to have one foot at the 34, and then you're not going to see the running start where they're running towards the ball, timing it up with the kick. They're going to have to be in a stationary position with both feet on the ground when the foot hits the ball. Oh, wow. It's uh, going to be significantly different, and that also goes for the kickoff return teams. On the receiving side, uh, the, the biggest changes with them is what they've instituted, what they refer to, and you'll hear it referred to as a setup zone now, which starts at the receiver's restraining line. Uh, and again, in a typical situation, that would be the, the, the plus 45, and that'll go back to the 50, the next 45, and then to the 40. So a 15 yards from the receiver's restraining line, that area will be referred to as the setup zone, and teams will be required to have eight players completely within that 15-yard zone. There are also rules that will tailgate off that in regards to the wedge block, which has been taken out of the game more and more for obvious reasons. Wait, so you have to have eight within that 15 or on the 15? Within that 15-yard area, but that's going to be uh, on a kickoff for the 35, from the 35, you have to have eight guys between uh, the offensive side of the 45 to your 40-yard line. So eight guys are going to be up. No more running starts for the uh, coverage team, but almost all the blockers are going to be up in close proximity to the coverage team. Within 15 yards? Yeah. It would. Be, it used to be you had to be 10 yards off the kick. You still do. It's 15 yards after that. Okay. So the majority, the, of the, the majority of the kickoff return team needs to be, eight of them need to be, between the 45-yard line of uh, on the offensive side of the 50. Receiving team. And the 40-yard line on the defensive side of the 50. What is their explanation for creating this this uh, version of the rule, Mike? I, I, you don't want uh, the high-speed collisions, the, the defensive guys getting a running start and having a chance to uh, pick up momentum down the field yeah. before, before they engage. Have there been a lot of injuries on kickoffs? They say it's uh, one of the most dangerous plays in football. I know they always say that, but... Yeah, I haven't done a study on it. <laughs> That's what they say. Uh, the, the amazing part of this is you're going to have three guys now between the goal line and the 40-yard line on the receiving side. Yeah, that's like nothing. It's You're going to be able to do pooch kicks. So, I mean, there's going to be all kinds of weird stuff going on. Yeah, we're going to hear a lot about this today from Danny Smith, the Steelers special teams coach, because he has no idea how this is going to play out right now. Uh, he said the uh, preseason games, which begin for the Steelers Thursday night in Philadelphia, he thinks league-wide everybody's going to use it as kind of an experimentation period to figure out what you can do and what you can't do, what works and what doesn't. Right. The the pooch kick thing, that uh, that was the first thing I thought of. Randy, yeah, just that, hit a wedge. But then you're going to give the other team the ball – at the 30, at the 35? Are you? If they run up and catch it, yeah. Well, if they're 10 yards off of you 
and you're you're facing the right direction. I mean, it's a sprint to a ball that's bouncing all over the place. Yeah, there might be more chances to recover kickoffs. Yeah, and then Danny Smith brought this up as well. What if you kick it deep? Now you could try to angle it toward the sideline, but you don't want to kick it out of bounds. Uh, a, a guy like Tyreek Hill, or should I say, such as Tyreek Hill, who is magic in space, you're giving him more space now. Yeah, I. And, uh, and I th- we're also going to find out: is it harder to block a guy who's coming at you with the running start, like they used to have to do, or is it harder to hold a block on a guy that you're engaging much earlier? This season is going to be a mess. Last season, <laughs> last season was a mess. A lot of this, flags. It's gonna honestly. It, this season is going. It'll pale in comparison last year. Yeah, I think to the what flags that are going to draw the most controversy aren't going to be the American flag. It's going to be the yellow one. I think that one will end up being a source of controversy as well. I don't think that's going away. I think they actually made that worse. They're making a lot of the rules worse. The NFL cannot get out of its own way, Mike. Yeah. The more I think about the anthem thing, they've included the players now, so I think the players will be fine with what whatever eventually uh, stands for policy because they've they've been a part of the process. It wasn't just uh, you know unilaterally thrust upon them. I think that was their biggest complaint before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Legit. funny though. For, for years, we've all been bitching about that catch rule, right? Yep. And I think that's going to be the least talked about change. Between the helmet thing and the special teams thing, I think the catch rule is going to pale in comparison. But uh, we're going to hear a lot from Danny Smith today. This is this is interesting stuff. Um, it's a good time to kind of get into it because the Steelers did not have practice yesterday. So yeah. Not a lot to talk about here from uh, this happened and that happened. But Not a lot to talk about here either, Mike. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> uh, Danny Smith, we, we talked with him. Uh, a couple of us talked with him after practice on Sunday. And – you know, he's kind of a, a, an exasperated guy in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, he has a lot of questions, and and he's the guy who's coaching this stuff. Oh, good. <laughs> but he's not, you know, his counterparts across the league are the same way. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, those preseason games aren't going to be quite as mind-numbingly dull as they usually have been. Mike, thanks so much. Appreciate it. <laughs> that was a Sean Collier-esque uh, review of, of the preseason games. They're not going to suck as bad as they usually do Back in a stadium you. near you. Uh, Billy Gardell is going to be joining us on the show a little bit later on this morning. We'll talk with Billy at 9 o'clock live from Los Angeles, California. He was in Cleveland last weekend. Saw that. Playing mm-hmm. Hilarity is mm-hmm. a beautiful club. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll talk with Bill coming up at 9. I'll be doing the news for you this morning. I'm sorry about that, folks. No, I, you're doing great. <laughs> well, if Beyonce has come to terms with her fupa, I'll come to terms with mine. I'll explain what that means coming up. It's uh, Randy Bauman and the DV Morning Show. I had a lot of people contacting me about the raccoons I saw outside my house. Yeah. So I saw two of them at like 1030 in the morning climbing up a tree. And I was concerned that they were rabid because sure. there are a number of rabid animals in uh, the South Hills area. And you, you don't usually see the raccoons in the uh, the daylight. No. And then my girlfriend's like, no, no, no. That's just a mom teaching the baby how to eat and they're just going to bed now. And I'm like, what the, how the hell do you know? She got their itineraries. So then yesterday there's like two deer on my back patio just sitting there, like looking in the house. 
sitting at your table. Spooky, though. Like, in a spooky way. Like Yeah, I agree. Leftovers style spooky. Like, what are you guys doing? I don't get, know, but it's scary. Get out. There's animals all over the place. And it, it reminded me of when Harlan Williams was talking about the, the, the animals he had to deal with at his house. It's weird. I have I had like a herd of deer on my front lawn the other day. <laughs> really? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm up in the Hollywood Hills and there's like deer out on my lawn. I'll show you the video when we when we go on break. Uh, well, I mean, it's bizarre. Had you not seen them before? I you see them around, but it's like you, you know you got wild deer and coyotes and bobcats, all these animals. I had a, I was sitting in my living room the other night. I leave the door open because it's it's nice and warm. A skunk walked in the door into my living room, and I went, "Hey!" And he looked at me, and thank God he didn't shoot any ass sauce all over the room. You know, because you don't need the uh, Gatorade butt flavor in the house. But he took off out the door. It's like it's, it's like it's like that movie. We bought a zoo up at my place. It's crazy. It's really bizarre, man. Ass sauce. Ass sauce. I didn't, I didn't know that. No. The only the only animal in the world. You know, most animals like get you with the fangs, the claws. Right. Skunks are like, you know what, buddy, have some ass sauce. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not going to be attacking me today. Here, have some delicious ass sauce. Yeah, right in your face, by the way. Yeah, smell it, feel it. <laughs> Pepper spray. You know, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. It would be cool if humans possessed the ability to use some animal defense mechanisms from time to time. Oh, that'd be great. If humans could shoot ass sauce. <laughs> well, not necessarily that anything. Yeah. Just, where you could blend like some of those squid do like in the bottom yeah. of the sea, you know. Or like the spitting cobra. Yeah, that'd be good. And have you heard of that in no, India? There's but, a spit yeah. spits it spits its poison. Can you imagine the last thing you hear before you die is <laughs> <laughs> guy hawks a loogie in your face? Thanks a lot, clunk. <laughs> I like polar bears though. Really? I that'd be a good way to die because their their paws are so huge. It'd be, it'd be like getting sham wowed to death, right? <laughs> Just like pat pat smack. <laughs> Yeah, have you ever been attacked by an animal? Like, well, by? Uh, a deer uh, nearly got to me. Yeah. Well, what happened? Well, man? I, that's yeah, crazy. Well, you know, I had two dogs, and, the, yeah. and they chased uh, the baby deer. The mama deer got really mad and uh, was like, you know, snorting at me and kind of doing the Toro bull thing. Whoa! Yeah, it was. It was. I had to. I picked up a big, big like branch that had fallen, and I threw it at the deer, and uh, it, it took off because it was scared of the noise it made. Yeah. So you were almost killed by a woman deer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That would not have looked good on your gravestone. Here I lie, killed by a chick deer. Not good. Not too macho. <laughs> wow. Would not have been good. Wow, that's crazy, man. It is the DV Morning Show. Ed Kowalczyk and live from York, PA. I remember at college, he showed up at my fraternity house one time. He was friends with one of my, my brothers at Penn State. And we're like, is nice. that the guy from live? And everyone's like, yeah, Derek, I went to high school with them. They're buddies. I'm like, get out. And we're just all kind of staring at him. And then it took about five seconds. You know, you're just full of testosterone when you're in college. You know, you're just a, you're the broiest you'll ever be. Mm, yes, I do and know So that. we're like sitting there in the patio, probably throwing the Frisbee, something very cliche, drinking beers, <laughs> staring at Ed Kowalczyk. And it took about two minutes for all of us to be like, he's not that tough. 
<laughs> Big deal. I'd probably take him. He's not that. You know what? Screw that guy. Who does he think he is? And then we ascribed all these personality traits to him that probably didn't exist. I walk jerk. over. I just give him a flinch, and his placenta falls to the floor. Who does he? <laughs> he doesn't know who I am. What I've been through, dude. I alone will kick your ass. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> we came here for two things: drinking beer and kicking ass. We're almost out of ass. Wait a minute! I said Wait, that hold wrong. On. I. Uh, you know what? You I'm not cooler. great at uh, metaphors or sayings. Oh my! God. I love how his name just say he sounds like a a New York cop. Ed Kowalczyk, <laughs> <laughs> Sergeant Kowalczyk, badge, <laughs> badge and gun now. Oh, boy. Well, the Steelers, not a lot going on yesterday. Of course, they had the day off, but they're ramping up to get going again. Yeah, it's uh, 72 right now, DVE. Pittsburgh may be on the short list for a direct flight to Ireland. Bang. Let's How go. That? How awesome. We all will have to do shows in Ireland. Oh, I'd love to visit Ireland. Take a junket. Let's take a junket. The Irish take Times. Take a junker. How, you would have thought Dan. Take junker on a junket. Why not? Stan. Guy, love the junket. <laughs> you would have thought that Dan Rooney would have done this uh, b- before he died. This would have been something he would have oh, yeah. pushed through years ago. The ambassador. The, the Irish Times reports Aer Lingus. I mean, Wait honey, a every second. single time. Really? Is that? Is that the Mile High Club? Aer Lingus is looking to add two new North American destinations, Pittsburgh, Montreal, and a destination in the Midwest are being considered. In the past year, nonstop service from Pittsburgh overseas has expanded to include London. That's pretty cool. Looking forward Isn't to that. Isn't this just Aer Lingus when somebody when someone does throws the, a V uh, up and just you know yeah. does it without the instrument? It does the... Uh, Aer Lingus, dude! <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I think He's that's doing it. Air Lingus. Mm-hmm. I can only do air guitar. Hey, now this, this guy's talented. This next thing really scares me. I'm I'm on the lookout for these now. The rogue ATM machines. Do you trust ATM machines just sitting around anywhere? No, I never do, but I use them. And it'll be like, do you accept the fee of seventeen dollars and fifty cents? And putting your, I need your your password for. Your Apple account also. Yeah, Just go never ahead mind and why. throw that in. Card skimmers are found at a Butler County truck stop. The skimmers were discovered Friday at the Pilot Travel Center's ATMs in Muddy Creek Township off I-79 and Route 422. Is that a real place, Muddy Creek Township? Yeah, man. You've never been to Muddy Creek Township? <laughs> Stop judging me. Dude. It's. I mean, it's on my bucket list. Get out of your bubble, Bill. And get out to Muddy Creek Township. But don't use the flipping ATMs out there because they got skimmers. They're skimming. That's always a big concern. When I see those things, I'm like, that looks like a really rogue ATM. It'll 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 say like Bank of York or right. something like that, you know. It, what's the the common one? Is it like Triton or something? Well, like? yeah, I think that's a machine. That's the actual yeah. um, uh, company that makes the machines. But it's the bank affiliation that you always got to look out for. If it's like one off from a normal sounding sounding bank, if it's like citizens spelled wrong, yeah, something like that. Uh, Second national. <laughs> uh. Crews are working to remove the train cars that fell onto the Port Authority T rail in Southside over the weekend. How about that mess? This was crazy. Crazy. Over the next twenty four to thirty six hours, 
Teams are expected to clear the remaining cars and containers, as well as get rid of the debris that spilled from one of the containers as they were removing it on Monday. Did you see that video? Oh, yeah. I mean... The train throw up? Yeah, that looks like that's some sort of Pittsburgh metaphor there. Yeah. (laughs) That's happened on Carson Street so many times. (laughs) Even the trains throw up on Carson Street. (laughs) They really avoided a a catastrophe, like multiple deaths. They said that... You know, the T holding a lot of people just left the station minutes before that, that yeah. happened. Well, and again, that's part of the reason why people are so vehemently opposed to what they want to do on the north side in increasing the size of the tracks there so that they can have double stacks zooming through uh, the Allegheny Commons there. Well, you know, you'd be playing with your kids and a train derails and flips over into the park. Not in my backyard. Not in my backyard. Uh... Norfolk Southern officials are planning on resuming normal train operations late Wednesday into Thursday. I know a lot of people were reporting this morning that the Port Authority has set up tons of buses and shuttles for people. And uh, So are they going to have Thomas the Bus out at uh, Kennywood? I because think so. I feel like trains have not been having a good time here. No, it's been a rough couple of weeks. And kudos of, to the Port Authority folks for uh, busting their butts here the last couple uh, of days and they're catching a lot of flack apparently on social media that's just stupid it's not their fault whose fault is it thomas casting calls continue around pittsburgh for a new netflix crime drama being shot in the steel city casting booth has been set up for mind hunter at the butler farm show daily through august 11th muddy creek township hell yeah dude They'll use the ATMs there. <laughs> Another round of auditions is happening at Olivet Baptist Church. Is that how you say it? Or is it Olivet? This one, we're not looking for serial killers. We're or is looking it Oliver, for and that's a misspelling. Skimming. I don't know, but it's in the Hill District. Film producers are looking for extras to play hippies, FBI agents, protesters, and students. Very cool. Dude, that- they, they were shooting that... Uh, a couple scenes for that show in my neighborhood and had some throw like what time period is it supposed to take place in the 70s or yeah. something because all the cars like the whole street they yeah. turned into cars from the 70s it was pretty sweet you're like is jay leno here or something yeah hey uh hey we're gonna go uh hunting some mines hop in this uh charger i really like that some Doritos? the first season of mine hunter i thought it was great didn't oh, you yeah i thought it was a little slow to start didn't love the main actor in it. No, he's got some chops, but didn't like him in the TV show. It's like, I, I'm sure you're great in Hamilton. Every time I hear yeah. somebody who's in Hamilton, I'm like, okay, we're not watching Hamilton, though. Okay, yeah, This if this was a musical, then <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. But the guy who played the serial killer, who's like the big Ophi guy, he looks like a buddy of mine, so it's like it was hard for me to not laugh every time he was on screen. <laughs> it was like the same demeanor, too. Oh, hey, how you doing? Hey. They murder lots of people. Sticks is set to lend a helping hand to victims of the massive car fire burning in Northern California's Shasta County. Car, C-A-R-R, fire. The band is scheduled to perform in Redding, California on August 19th, and in response to the fire, they'll donate $5,000. That's it? That that doesn't sound like a lot. They got on the news for donating 5000 bucks. <laughs> These guys are multimillionaires. There that- will always be ways for fans to donate at the show. Also, rather, not always. Uh, and on the charity's website, the wildfire is being called the sixth most destructive fire in state history and still only 45% contained after a week. It is terrifying. The pictures of that are 
brutal. If they were serious, though, they would build like a Mr. Roboto style firefighter. Like a robot could, firefighter? Yeah, that they could send in. If, if I'm Dennis DeYoung, I donate $5,001. <laughs> you prices right it? Yes. <laughs> $1 more. Mm-hmm. We'll fight that Later. fire. Uh, we're going to put on a production of Hunchback and uh, donate all the proceeds uh, to the firefighters. Foreigner is set to celebrate the band's past and present for fair, for fair geez, Louise. What is it? Four very special concerts featuring all current and original band members. The just announced Double Vision Then and Now performances will take place November 9th in LA, the 10th in Ran- Rancho Mirage, California, November 30th in Atlantic City, and December 1st in Uncasville, Connecticut. Uncasville. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Madden will probably go to that. No doubt. He's always talking about how good they are even without the original members, so seeing as this is probably the last chance to see all of them. I hope he's keeping a journal because... Madden? Yeah. I feel like between you and him, you could put out like a concert. Like How many, how many concerts do you think he goes to a year? Because I know you go to like 100 or more. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he's got to be. He's got to be close. Yeah, probably. I mean, he's he's five a month. You know, it's 60, crazy, 70. and he travels for all his pretty much. Yeah, because Mark likes to go. It's like Jerry Garcia used to like to go scuba diving because he was weightless and nobody bothered him. So Madden likes to go to Vegas. Not because, because he's, he's weightless. He's weightless. And nobody bothers him. And nobody him. bothers him out there. Yeah, but he doesn't have like people like yelling at him. He can walk around in public. He's just too now much Now I just picture him in a scuba outfit walking around <laughs> the casinos, and it's a really funny image I have in my head. Mike Madden. Yeah. With, Dude, he should get into scuba diving. Back. He would probably love it. He should. You should bring that up tomorrow. I'm planning on You have it. to. Don't worry yeah. about it. It's my next plan for him. My goal is to see Mark a healthy, happy person one day. As Under, you know. Underwater. <laughs> if, damn deep, it. If we have to, the blue. If we have to toss him into the Bellagio fountain <laughs> to do it, we'll make it happen. I think there's some pretty big uh, koi in there. The company that makes Nutella is seeking taste testers for its products. Do you like that? You like the Nutella? I never got into the Nutella. The, the chocolate spread, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, not I I haven't ever uh, tried it. Ferrero. I go, I go chocolate bars. Why why need I don't need to spread it out. Ferrero says it wants 60 people to move to Alba, Italy for a 3-month course to learn about smell and describing taste. According to an Italian newspaper, Ferrero is specifically specifically seeking non-professional tasters. Candidates will need to know how to work a computer and not have any food allergies. See, that's why I want to go there. Because then, you know, it's like I can taste chocolate and nobody bothers me. It sounds like a good gig. But did you ever do the Nutella? Yeah, I'd say, you know, I'm not that big of a fan. But what do you spread it on? Like, to me, if 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 chocolate could spread, that would mean that uh, candy bar melted in my pocket and things went horribly awry. Girls act toward Nutella how dudes act towards bacon. They love it. They love Nutella. They put it on like a bagel, a cracker. I mean, what What do you... Just a pretzel. What do you smear it Because they sell them now in those little packs. Like, you know oh, how yeah. you can buy the hummus that has oh, the little pretzels? you know what? They do that, Nutella with pretzels. I would do that. Well, you're welcome to do it anytime you want. And you can move to Alba, Italy if you like there, Bill. I, I'm going to. Alexa I- may now deter potential burglars. Amazon's smart speaker has a new feature called Away Mode. 
The feature attempts to trick would-be thieves into believing people are actually home, going about their business as usual. Uh, so it's a parrot. Yeah. It basically does what a parrot does. It plays pre-recorded audio tracks that run about an hour each of real conversations and skits that could be taking place inside of a home. This has got to be a joke. This is this sounds like Kevin McAllister came up with it. This sounds like something on Home Alone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'll give you to the count of ten to get your lousy, stinking, no good <laughs> off my property. One, two, ten. <laughs> that's basically what it I is. I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. I would just run Goodfellas over and over. Karen! You know, the, they would we never want to come in. We needed the money, Karen! Why would you do that? Creators of the feature say the idea is built around funny, but somewhat common conversations, including a couple breaking up. Oh, that's yeah, that's all you need. You know that's going to backfire somehow. Some of the... And then your kids accidentally hear it or something. It's just... No, this is a bad idea. Right. Your the neighbors are all over gossiping. Uh, some of the seven tracks to choose from were created by former SNL comedy writers. I'm uh, I'm a little bit over Alexa in this whole thing. Yeah, me too. The thing that really pisses me off is I have a Sonos and I love it, but now they're implementing that feature like, we want to be able to listen to you to improve your experience. Click here and update. And I don't want that. No. And then they'll... <laughs> right, I give them the, 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 the Rick Seaback and then you know after a while you give them the... You give them the Cervelli because you're really getting a little upset about it. Like, look, I've told you many times. No. No. I'm done. No. Now they want to listen through my phone. And I couldn't update the Sonos unless I agreed to do that. That's some BS. What are they doing to us? They're making us rely on them, and then they're taking our information, and then they're skimming our credit cards in Muddy Creek Township. (laughs) I know where this is all leading. And then they're making our lives way easier by giving us exactly the stuff that we want to buy. It's like, oh, I can get music in every single room in my house and outside on the patio, but I got to turn over my password. That is creepy, though, don't you think? It is a little creepy. Not a fan of it. Uh, And lastly, scientists unable to explain the magnetic field of a huge rogue planet, NASA, says the planet-sized object is 20 light years away from Earth and has an extremely powerful magnetic field. It's more than 200 times stronger than Jupiter's magnetic field, which places it between 16 and 54 times stronger than the Earth's magnetic field. How do we not see this planet? I don't know. Scientists are unsure how the object can maintain such a strong magnetic field and generate auras. Well, me too. Oh, auroras, not auras. Auroras? Auroras. Isn't that uh, a princess? I believe so. Yeah, Sleeping Beauty, I think. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Saturn was really visible the other night, right? Wasn't that what, what it was? No, it was, what was it? Venus? Mars. Uranus. Mars! Why'd you say that like Rick Seba? He did. Mars. No, no. Mars. Mars. Uranus. On the way for you, Mike Pursuit, live from Steelers training camp. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I always forget how the studio album or the recording of that sounds so 80s. Man. Because I'm so used to the Red Rocks one, Under a Bloody Red Sky. Yeah. Boy, you two actually kind of put Red Rocks on the map, didn't they? That video, all of a sudden, the entire country. It was like MTV helped out Red Rocks and the Grateful Dead a whole lot. 
A whole lot of people saw something that they'd never seen before and thought, wait a minute, I want to go be part of that. Oh, that looks amazing. Yeah. Have you ever been to see a show out there? No, I had tickets to see Ween this year and then couldn't make the trip. Oh. Yeah, no, I was bummed I up. really want to go out there for a show. Me too. Well, there's great hiking out there too, and everybody just raves about it, and everyone always says, there's not a bad seat, and I always think, eh. There's probably a bad I, seat. I'll probably end up with a bad seat. A gray rock somewhere <laughs> behind the red ones. <laughs> Sorry. This is a totally obstructed view. I can't see anything. When Dennis DeYoung does the Hunchback of Notre Dame at Red Rocks, we're going. Mike Pursuta is to. live at Steelers training camp, and we'll check in with him when we return. And uh, things are getting underway in the NFL with new rule changes on special teams and tackling, catch rules all coming into play here. Mike talked with uh, special teams coach Danny Smith yesterday about some of those new rules. I don't know how many people know how different kickoffs are going to look this year. Yeah, they're going to look tremendously different. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> this year is going to be kind of a, a mess rule-wise in the NFL, but Coach T mentioned something in our in our uh, camp interview about how different kickoffs were going to be, and I I kind of just didn't know exactly what he was talking about because, you know, I was only paying attention to the catch rule. Sure, because that's what screwed us last year. Michael have the details on that coming up. Plus the Buckos in Colorado last night can't get it done. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit is live at Steelers training camp, St. Vincent College in La Trobe. Mike. These rule changes, I got to tell you, uh, Bill and I have been sitting here talking off the air about how different everything's going to look and how many people are going to screw up at the beginning. These guys aren't a bunch of road scholars out there, Mike. It takes time. <laughs> These are traditions. The you know the, the part of the game that's been ingrained. They can't follow rules that have been in in place for years. <laughs> that's right. How are they going to remember the new ones? Uh, just to, to further that point, they walk through victory formation. Right. The kneel down play at the yes. end of games. <laughs> so they won't screw that up. And now you introduce, uh, shall we say, seismic elements of change to the way the game's being played? Is well, only to, I think, kickoff, uh, kickoff coverage and kickoff receive. Those teams, it used to be almost instinctual, and you had a lane on kickoff coverage, and then kickoff return took a little more strategy a lot of times. Um, but now, all of a sudden, these guys are going to have to remember what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. I think the biggest aspect of the change is eliminating the run-up to the kick where the kicker times it. And somebody was always offsides anyways. It didn't matter. But um, they they'd hardly ever called that. But that's sort of eliminating that head start they get torpedoing down the field. Yeah, and uh, on the other side of it, uh, the – the receiving team, eight of the 11 players are going to be up in close proximity to the coverage team, which now has to be evenly divided across the field on either side of the kicker, uh, both in terms of uh, how many are on each side of the kicker and who's outside the numbers, who's inside the numbers. It's all very specific. So the kickoff is at the 35-yard line. Then there has to be 10 yards of separation. So Correct. that goes to the 45-yard line. So the receiving team is now lined up on the 45-yard line, but they have to have eight of the 11 players on the field within a 15-yard area of that 45-yard line, which means the eight people have to be distributed between the 45 midfield at the 50, the 45 of the receiving team, and the 40. Eight of the 11. So that leaves 40 yards if you're putting a guy on a goal line where there won't be anybody on the field? Uh, Three people, two back? You know, in years past, uh, the Steelers have had two guys deep. Now they're probably going to have one. And then you have a couple guys up. Uh, Normally there would have been three, say, across the 15-yard line. 
Uh, and one of those guys would have been a fullback. One of those guys would have been an offensive lineman. And one of those guys would have been a tight end. Uh, now they have to be guys who can not only block but handle the ball and do something with it in the event that uh, the kicking team tries a short kick, maybe bounce one or high up in the air. They call those mortar kicks. <laughs> uh, the return game has changed. Let's give a listen to uh, Steelers special teams coordinator Danny Smith talking about uh, just how much things have changed. You know, the kickoff return is huge. The change is because of all that space. You got eight guys up there. You got three guys covering a 40 yard area. The width of the field plus 40 yards plus 10 in the end zone. You know, it took that big lineman out of it. There's no wedges back there anymore. And uh, I think the, the biggest change is going to be the trick kickers, you know, that can place balls in different areas and things like that. I think that's going to be the biggest change. Yeah, if a guy can hit a wedge, we got to get a trick kicker from the white, from the right hash. And then pop it up into the air, into that 40-yard area with enough hang time. Who's to say what could happen? Well, let's let's break down what might happen. It might not be caught and start bouncing around the field, and that's a live ball. Right. It might be fair caught, but what if it's a little shorter than the kicking team intended? You might be giving the offense the ball at the 35-yard line. Sure. Or the 40-yard line. Or... What if a guy uh, is versatile enough to be able to be back there as a blocker but also react to the ball and make some moves and run? Uh, you might be giving up some uh, huge field position. Uh, uh, you heard uh, Danny Smith referencing that last soundbite, trick kickers. Uh, those guys uh, may or may not uh, be in vogue here real soon. Sure. You know, I've never been a believer that this is a trick em league, but, you know, we're going to we'll, we'll have to do some of those things with the space that they give us. Uh, you know, but if you give space players more space, they should shine. you got space players that are playing in big space. That's why they're space players. I mean, you take Tyreek Hill. I mean, you give a guy more space? Holy hell. I mean, that'd drive you crazy, right? These guys are all a member that. of Space Force. Think about that for a second. Let's say you try to pooch one and you kick it a little too far. What if a, a player such as Tyreek Hill gets a beat on that? Now he's got the running start. He comes flying up from the goal line and catches it at speed at the 20-yard line, and you've got guys who were from a standing start trying to get uh, through those eight guys that are right in front of them and cover that 40-yard area that Smith referenced. I, yeah, I mean, I don't see how it reduces the potential for injury. I think it reduces uh, the potential for high-speed high collision. Not that it will eliminate those from that play, but... Uh, there, there won't be as many of them, but this, this might get real wide open uh, or it might get real strategic in terms of where they're trying to place the ball or both. Well, I think this is when you have a kicker that knocks it through the end zone that becomes a little more advantageous too and you have the unknown removed and you start the other team at the mm-hmm. 20 because if this can promote offenses to be starting at the 40-yard line, I mean, that, that's a great point, but how often does that happen in the Northeast in November, December, and January? There's not too many of them, but there's more and more every year. So do you go for the, the guy who's the trick shot artist or the guy that can just blast away? Kick it out of the stadium. Well, it's interesting stuff. I, I would not go with the trick guy. I mean, if you have the ability to sign somebody who can kick it through the end zone, that's who you want. I think the sure thing versus... The unknown with this rule, and especially, as you said, the elements in the Northeast. But you know what they're going to do, Mike? I bet there's going to be guys, there's going to be kickers who develop, because they sit around all day and do nothing. they got nothing to do but come <laughs> up with this stuff. They're going to come up with onside kicks that pop 20 yards in the air. Well, I hope they come up with a better one than the one the Steelers tried against Jacksonville last January. <laughs> oh, yeah, that one stunk. Onside kicks. 
you know, uh, the catch rule, that's almost an afterthought, right? That was the one people were clamoring. What is a catch? What is not a catch? Can you please clarify? Mm-hmm. They apparently have done that. So moving on, uh, a point of emphasis. It's not a rules change, but according to uh, back judge Tony Steratore of Washington, PA, uh, he was part of the official group that visited campus last week and one of the points of emphasis is offensive and defensive path pass interference what they have been letting guys get away with over the years contact by defenders uh, beyond the five yard legal area for that and offensive players pushing off uh, that's been going on i think michael Irvin's probably the guy that really popularized that right uh at least he got a lot of credit for it uh, they're supposed to be calling that stuff now. They're supposed to be emphasizing what's already on the books. And then there's the helmet rule. Um, the, the, the helmet rule is not just you can't hit a player in the head with the crown of your helmet. It's that you can't hit any player with the crown of your helmet. Uh, Bill, you were uh, asking last hour if that was kind of the Ryan Shazier rule. Yeah. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't heard it referenced as such by uh, anybody in an official or – unofficial capacity but uh, it's definitely a direction in which the game has been trending here's mm-hmm. uh, Tony Steratore on that clearly it's another another step and it's uh, been happening now for the past as long as I can remember every year you know there's an effort being made by the competition committee to make the game safer for the players and I think anybody that loves the game is happy that they're going down that road uh, this new rule in particular uh, you know, involves leading with the crown of the helmet. It applies to all 22 players. Anybody who's been around football for any length of time in their life and anyone who's coached football will tell you that uh, uh, to lead with the crown of your helmet is, is not the – no one has ever been instructed to, to put their head down and lead with the crown of their helmet. So, I mean, as officials, I, for, I can speak for us, we're excited about – any rule that comes in that makes the game safer for the players, I think it's good for the game. It's obviously good for the players, and we're excited about doing our part to see to it that the game becomes safer for everyone involved. Now, one of the things he emphasized in our uh, meeting with him, uh, they, they meet with the players and coaches, these officials who visit camps, and they also meet with the media to try to get everybody up to speed. Uh Tony was asked, uh, couldn't you call helmet to helmet on every play? He insists that it doesn't happen as often as people think it does. Uh, I wonder about that. Yeah, me too. I mean, he's a 19-year back judge, so he's got a pretty good uh, catalog of Reference, information. Right. But, uh, you know, I think we all see the, the hits on the highlights and, and particularly the, the blow-up hits, defensive backs on receivers, uh, pass rushers on quarterbacks, uh, and then – you know, just the old accepted, uh, what used to be the accepted play of a running back in the, you know, between the tackles, putting his head down and, and trying to get whatever he can get. That stuff's all supposed to go away now. I, I mean, every quarterback sneak. You're going to eliminate quarterback sneaks unless a guy's just going to run like he's one of the sausages in the Milwaukee <laughs> Brewers races. <laughs> With his head just straight up in the air. <laughs> One of the presidents down in D.C. Yeah, exactly. Grinning like Teddy Roosevelt. Right. down, bully! Right, you yeah, bully. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good news, they're not using the crown of their helmets. Bad news, they all have broken necks. <laughs> yeah. Hey, stay tuned. You know, the preseason starts Thursday night in Philly, and uh, you guys know I'm not a huge fan of preseason games, uh, but... There's some different stuff, and uh, Danny Smith uh, has emphasized, and I agree with him on this, that I think everybody around the league is going to 
experiment. You know, you, because that's another thing. Special teams, you, you can run live drills up here with uh, goal line and short yardage. The Steelers were doing a lot of that stuff on Sunday. And you can tackle if you want. But you just can't recreate, for some reason, uh, the speed of those kicking plays. When we talk with Mike Tomlin in uh, uh, Latrobe last week, he had this to say about the rule changes. You know, this, you know these new rules for this year, you know, the new rules with the kickoff, man, that's going to be – you know, potentially impactful. Um, the lowering the head to deliver a blow and how that affects uh, players and games and, 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 and how, how the thing develops could be potentially impactful. Um, points of emphasis in terms of contact down the field between receivers and defensive backs could be impactful. Those are chunks of yards type plays, game-changing plays. You get a 30-yard DPI, that changes possession. That possession could change the outcome of a game. Yeah, I, I I think that this year is going to be a mess. I really do. <laughs> I, at least the first four or five yeah, weeks. Yeah, it's going to be tough till they get this thing under control a little bit. It, it could be that. Uh, it could be that they will adapt. Or it could be that they'll start calling everything early and then just stop doing it. Mike Pursuit, alive from Steelers <laughs> training camp. I think that thing, Mike. <laughs> more from Mike thing. next hour, and uh, we'll get a little bit more into the Buckos there who dropped one in Colorado yesterday. Uh, couldn't get behind Joe Musgrove seven inning performance. Yeah, two hits aren't going to cut it. Nope. All right, we got to hit uh, the the break here. We'll be right back. The aforementioned preseason game this Thursday night on DVE. It's the DVE morning show. A little bit later on this morning, we'll have Billy Gardell joining us. And uh, pretty cool yesterday on Mark Maron's WTF podcast, he had Jay Leno on on his uh, podcast, and oh, they nice. ta- they talked about a lot of stuff. You know, the Tonight, Tonight show, show turnover and everything like Ooh. that, and yeah, controversy. Uh, no, but it's really good. I, I if if you like that kind of stuff, the kind of inside show business stuff, and then Leno's perspective on all of it. I mean, his Marin is really, really good at interviewing comics. Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's, he's the best. And Leno's take on all of that basically is this: What was I supposed to do? Stop working? When I'm supposed to just stop wanting to work because it's somebody else's time? Like. That's it's show business. That's there's business involved, and he basically yeah, but I said guess the the thing that rubbed me the wrong way is that he handed it over, but then didn't really leave, and then took it back. Oh, he totally washes over all that. He 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 kind of like just does not go into too much detail about how that all went down. But uh, he's like, hey, look, they didn't want me to leave. What was they gonna do? They offered me a show. I wanted to stay on TV. If you're on TV, you're winning. So, anyways, um. Towards the end of it. Oh, by the way, he said that the difference between him and Letterman, he said the reason he got it over Letterman was because one of the network executives was like when Dave was filling in for Johnny Carson or something like that, Mm -hmm. was like, hey, uh, my kid's coming to the show tonight. He's got like four or five of his friends from college. Can we just make sure that we get him some seats? And Letterman's like, no, absolutely not. I don't want any pinheads around here gumming up the works. No. And That's Jay Leno claims that the, oh, that executive who he didn't name, who apparently had a big say as to who was going to be the next host of The Tonight Show, said to him, I wasn't going to go through 20 years of that. Can you imagine I, that I, being I just, a I, real reason for I not just, picking yeah, him? I'm not buying that at all. Me neither. But one cool part at the end of it, and I do think Jay Leno is a, one of the best comics there is, ever been i mean i've never seen his stand-up do you know he only lives off the money of his stand-up i've heard that so he was making 30 million dollars a year as the host of the tonight show and he hasn't spent that money yet 
How? I don't know. He, he, there's no way he has that gar- that airport hangar full of cars that he only bought with stand-up money. Couple hundred cars and motorcycles. <laughs> I mean, um, but Marin was saying like, "Hey, man, I respect you as a comic." You know, he's like, "Hey, I always thought you were a funny guy and everything." Just, I think a lot of those comics wanted him to be a little more uh, sharing of the wealth in, in terms of giving them some exposure. You know, sure. Um, but at any rate, a very cool moment at the end of it with Jay Leno on the Mark Marin program. Who are your friends? Do you hang out with people? Like comics or I mostly? See Jerry. Yeah. Uh, Brogan and I work together all the time. Oh, yeah, Jimmy. Oh, I say Comedy Magic. Uh, Billy Gardell. I, oh, yeah, I work yeah. with nice a lot guy. of... Yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah. Really funny guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very cool. Hey, how about that? Uh, how cool is Regardless that? of what I personally feel about Jay Leno, <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. I mean, he's a big deal in show business. That that cannot be denied. That's what that the that's the takeaway there. Yeah, he has his place in history as a host of the Tonight Show. How he got the show, what he did while he was on the show, how he left it then took it back. That's a uh, story for another day. He also said that Letterman always got tagged as being like he was the hip guy and Jay Leno was the establishment guy because he was telling the establishment jokes and he was very sort of down the middle and tried to hit every demographic and he was trying to entertain everybody. That was his job as host of The Tonight Show. Yes. And he said that it was disingenuous for people like Letterman to claim they were anti-establishment when they took the establishment's money. He's like, if you take the money, you're establishment. He's like, you might as well go along with the other stuff. No, I, I think that there was an irreverence to Letterman's show that there just wasn't that that wasn't in place on the Tonight Show with Leno. They're just like mm-hmm. it, it. It isn't about because no one's. You can't be a rebel hosting a network show, right? But you can do things your way and have it have that fresh kind of feel. And that to me sounds like again sour grapes over perception. It's funny though because J- Jimmy Fallon is so clearly in the Jay Leno mold of like please everybody. No doubt. And Jimmy Kimmel is so clearly in the Letterman mold. Oh yeah, I mean they well, are. Letterman s- is his icon. Yeah, I mean he has That's Guillermo. He's got all of these like the, you know the ancillary figures right. as part of like a cast of the revolves. Sal. Right, and he does a lot of Man on the Street stuff. And I mean, well, that stuff goes back to Steve Allen too. But um, great interview with Jay Leno on the WTF WTF podcast, and a nice name check of Billy Gardell at the end. Billy will join us at nine a.m. I sent it to him yesterday. I go, hey, check this out. He goes, hey, now that's uh, nice, right? I'm like, yeah, it's really cool. I'm like, the thing is, he goes, don't ruin this. Just, just. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm hanging on by a thread here, okay? No. This is something that I liked and that I had a nice little moment. No. Don't destroy it for me. I wasn't going to do that. I think it's tremendously cool. AB has a show on the NFL Network. I didn't realize this. I don't know if it's the NFL Network or if the Steelers are doing it, but the, I was watching the NFL Network last night, and they aired it. It's called, like, AB My Life or something, mm-hmm. and it's tremendous. I mean, it's Steeler porn. I mean, you know, it's like any time yeah. they show anything with the Steelers, like any kind of behind-the-scenes, in-depth look, I'm all in. So there's one scene where AB farted in front of his kids. I didn't think AB yeah. farted. Like, he I farted in a belly. felt like... He was post-fart. Farts is booming. Uh. 
Donna, what you doing? Oh, uh, you did you. have one. Not you. Oh, stop. <laughs> Ali, that was you? No. Who was it? Daddy. The Donicus, was that you? <laughs> Abacus, did you fart? Abacadabba, was that you? <laughs> I just imagine like AB farts and a few diamonds come out. <laughs> oh, that's where those went. <laughs> those are my game earrings. Dude, those earrings he was wearing in practice the other day when we were out there. Oh, my. He Dude. walked by, he looked over at me and Bill, and he dropped the ball in his hand. Yeah. That was the weirdest thing. We're like, hey, like, oh, sorry. It's like seeing a tightrope walker fall on the street. One of for the no Walendas fell to their death because <laughs> right. two dorky DJs were standing there. off the curb. You're like, well, you don't see that every day. Hey, Carl. Um, yeah, so AB farts. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounds like in a Bentley. Le'Veon Bell sounds like future farting, probably. <laughs> yeah, his, he has auto tune. By the way, did you hear the last Le'Veon Bell rap? No. <laughs> you just, dude, give me that one. That will go in line with the Rick Seba. No. 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 <laughs> Billy Gardell I didn't be able mean to, to say it like a distraught Batman. <sighs> no. No. Mike will have more from uh, Steelers training camp. We'll try to get you all up to speed on the new rule changes and uh, also. Coming up, Jay Cutler's wife. Now that she has this reality show, this guy can't be on the, in the NFL anymore. No, no, he's done. <laughs> he's got to be done. She's revealing way too much about their sex life. And Amish Uber, it's a real thing. We'll explain. Coming up. You- the rogue ATM machines. Do you trust ATM machines just sitting around anywhere? No, I never do, but I use them. And it'll be like, do you accept the fee of $17.50? And putting your, I need your, your password for... Your Apple account also. Yeah, Just go never ahead mind and why. throw that in. Card skimmers are found at a Butler County truck stop. The skimmers were discovered Friday at the Pilot Travel Center's ATMs in Muddy Creek Township off I-79 and Route 422. Is that a real place, Muddy Creek Township? Yeah, man. You've never been to Muddy Creek Township? <laughs> Stop judging me. Dude. It's, I mean, it's on my bucket list. Get out of your bubble, Bill. And get out to Muddy Creek Township. But don't use the flipping ATMs out there because they got skimmers. They're skimming. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. A taking, uh, a taking a look at the weather. Oh, happy weather day. <laughs> stupid Cervelli thing in my head. Uh, from the Channel 11 Weather Center, what's going on? Currently 74 degrees right now at DVE. That's a nice degrees. A Monroe County-based casino is purchasing more than 100 acres of land in Big Beaver. Whoa. For a new mini casino and entertainment complex. Mount Airy, Pittsburgh Casino Resort, is planning to open in late 2019 near I-376 and the Pennsylvania Turnpike. This is big news. The chairman of the Beaver County Commissioners tells the Beaver County Times the casino is a game changer for the county and the region. Definitely is. Ever since Sadie's Big Beaver closed, they've been looking for something. To spur what, what happened to local com- commerce, I'm not sure, but when I first got here, we did shows in Beaver. We did a, a show in Beaver, and we were lamenting the closing of Sadie's Big Beaver, which was a restaurant, I believe, out there. And we sang a song to it. Can- we did a Candle in the Wind parody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Goodbye, Sadie's Big Beaver. <laughs> 
I remember I had uh, friends visiting from out of town who thought Busy Beaver was a strip club. <laughs> and that was a fun thing to explain. The best one is Wendy's Big Beaver. The Wendy's in Big Beaver has a sign in it, a huge sign in it that says, Wendy's Big, Big Beaver. Beaver. When you walk in there. That's not a great um, trajectory of words there. No. It says, welcome to real, welcome to fresh, welcome to Wendy's Beaver. That's what it says. <laughs> not big. It just That's unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. You know. Wendy can't help it. Poor Wendy. An Amwell Township woman <laughs> is being fined for running a kennel without a license. Brandy Ellerman was fined about $1,400 after a state constable tried to figure out exactly how many dogs were still on the property Saturday. The 45-year-old Ellerman was told in late July to reduce the number of dogs on her property from about two dozen to three. How about you take it down about 21 dogs, lady? (laughs) Now, have you ever, uh, when you had your dogs, did you ever put them in a a kennel or anything like that? Mm -mm. Like, did you ever go away and leave them at the- Yeah, I did go away. Leave them, what'd you do, leave them with a neighbor? I just left them in the house and I said, good luck, boys. Oh. See you later. No, I had friends that loved my dogs- like I got lucky and I could leave them with them. And then uh, I met uh, a really cool dog walker that I used to see in the park all the time. And then she would take my dogs. Oh, that's cool. So I got lucky. I was very lucky. I was just thinking like, I don't know that I would uh, be uh, um, studious enough to check the, to make sure everybody's permits were up and running. And now, you know, the difference between the place that should have, three dogs and not 24 like you wouldn't board anybody there i mean i'm guessing that this woman like there's a couple babies in there are you guys sure you're licensed they're really there's some great places camp bow wow and stuff like that now i think that's in the strip there was a place over in the east end called the golden bone that always looked like a nice resort and this was a kennel i i think it was a dog club I'll tell you the one thing I couldn't do is now they, you know, they these places are so nice and they have cameras and you can log on and look at your dog. Oh my god, if I left my dog and I went on vacation somewhere, the last thing I would want to do was be feel guilty checking the nanny just cam if for he's it. playing okay with the other dogs. God, he's been laying around he's all so day. Long. He's not socializing. It's just heartbreaking. I couldn't deal with it. Hollywood is coming together to show support for singer Demi Lovato. Following her apparent drug overdose, Lovato released a statement over the weekend detailing her addiction journey and thanking everyone for their support. In response, celebrities showed nothing but love for her. Paris Hilton commented, saying, Love you so much, sis. J-Lo wrote, Oh, baby, sending you love. Haley Baldwin replied with several heart emojis. Sam Smith called Lovato... <laughs> An inspiration, Macklemore discussed his own relapse and addiction journey. Addiction journey, that's the terminology people use now? I don't think so. In the statement, I think it's just Macklemore. Lovato said she's focusing on her sobriety, sobriety and road to recovery, so good for her. Uh, a new study, survey, asked men what they really do when they're in the shower. It uncovered some unexpected truths. <laughs> 83% of men do what in the shower, Bill? Cry. No. Oh. Not cry. I was projecting That there, sounds maybe. very personal. Yeah. No. 83% of men pee in the shower. Daha. I'm glad Val isn't here today. She would be disgusted. Yeah. 
She thinks that that is the grossest, grossest thing. I know she hates that. And I always, you know, fear telling her that that I I do that. I I, I mean, every guy. I think that number's low. I think it's ninety nine percent of men. Yeah. Well, it depends if I pee. Do I have to pee? <laughs> I mean, I don't pee. If I the- do, I you know, I certainly don't wait. My rule is I try not to pee in the shower if I'm not taking a shower. You yeah. know, that seems yeah, reasonable. Yeah, you don't pee into the shower. 50% That's not of cool. men sometimes, uh, well, they engage in a little me time while they're in there. Sure. A little self. A uh, little extra cleaning. Yes, exactly. Half of guys do that. 40% brush their teeth. Not at the same time as the last I thing. I say, that, that would, is impressive. I mean, that would make you, that's a chew gum and walk type of scenario that, I mean. That crosses over to being impressive. No, again. yeah, that I'm impressed. That's ambidextrous. 20% sometimes only wash their, quote, important parts and not their entire body. Let me ask you this. Do you have, do you have a regimen? Like when you go on, do you do, you do like shampoo, wash my face, yes. do that? Like I do, because t- yes. I, I don't want to forget anything. The order of things is, yes. Very important. But you know, I started, you know, I've been doing the sauna thing for a couple of uh, months. Yeah. And this old guy was sitting in there and he told me he's been saunaing for, you know, 50 plus years. And he said, you know, you've opened up all your pores, you've sweated out all these metals and toxins from your body now when you go to shower make sure you only put the soap where uh where it absolutely needs to be you know what i'm saying i was like no i don't know what you're saying what are you saying and he was like just you know give the undercarriage a little scrub and don't block all your pores again with the soap that you you just opened all your pores don't be in a big rush because you know the soap I guess there's chemicals in the soap. Did that know? guy then pee in the sauna? Yeah. That's weird. And he was brushing his teeth, which I thought was like, dude, why are you doing that in here? Doing Where what? are you going to spit? <laughs> are you allowed in here? <laughs> Security! <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think you have to have the you have to have the checklist. Yes. Because haven't you ever been in the shower? You're like, did I wash my hair? I don't even remember. Did I wash my hair? Well, I, I don't have the same. I, I stopped taking hot showers. Oh, so you're, a while ago. you're hurrying so I'm, up. I'm not in there like for a half hour like a defeated detective with one hand up on the wall I, anymore. <laughs> Crying. I used to I wash my hair that. last, and a friend of mine's like, dude, you can't wash your hair last because there's just gross stuff and you're, you're just washing it back down over your body. And I was like, I never, ever even thought of that. I don't agree with that assessment. Why? But there's... How much gross stuff could be in your hair? It depends on what you've been doing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're doing headstands in a chimney, I guess maybe don't wait till the last thing. I think it's like the sweat and bacteria and stuff like that. Sure. I don't know. But do you think that that stuff really doesn't wash over your body? I didn't until I was in my 20s and then (laughs) (laughs) someone in, in college is like, you can't do that, man. You're just washing the gross stuff back all over you. And then uh, that's all I could think about. I was like, yeah, there's going to be like a, some sort of film of sweat all over me. I love that this guy told you that. And then he like, you know, took one of the books out from the wall and it just spun him around to some <laughs> dungeon layer. And then Unchained Melody started playing and he washed my hair for me. Anyway, I don't that know. Again. I think it was college. But that's why I do the showering in the order that I do it. I think it's important to do that. Um, people apparently, speaking of. of urinating i don't i've not heard of this but have you heard the phrase pegasm um yes so some guys are actually holding on to it 
so that when they finally go to the bathroom, it feels really, really good. I don't ever do it intentionally. No, but people are doing it intentionally. If you get stuck in traffic That's or something like dumb. that, or yeah, yeah, or you're like, whatever. There's a million reasons why you know you'd have to hold the till you find a bathroom or whatever. Right. But these people are doing it intentionally because they want to experience what is known as a pegasm. But doctors are like, hey, dum dums, terrible idea. Don't Horrible. do that. Because if you do it too much, you could develop a urinary tract infection and maybe permanently damage your bladder. And while we're talking about it, uh, good time to remind you that you uh, shouldn't do the opposite and hit the bathroom all the time for just-in-case peas. That can shrink your bladder. See, that's where I, I Wait think, a second. Yeah. I don't know this. What What is yeah, the just-in-case pee? I don't know. I, oh, I, I always do the just-in-case pee. Is it normal pee? to feel like at this age, I'm almost 40, I feel like I have to pee the overwhelming majority of the day? That's pretty much the rest of your life. Like, yeah. oh, I feel like I could pee right now. Well. All the time. No, the Part of that is because you drink a lot of caffeine. Okay. The other part is, yeah, you get to the age and you, you have to pee Well, what's a, a just-in-case pee? You know, like, we're hitting the road. Like, when we were leaving camp last week, I go, I better just pee just because I'm going to get stuck in traffic. Because I thought I'm going to get stuck in tunnel traffic and I don't want to have to pee in a Gatorade bottle. And since yeah. I didn't have a Gatorade bottle, that made it extra tricky. Sure. But they're saying, don't do that. You're shrinking your bladder by doing that. Just go to the bathroom when you have to go to the bathroom, Bill. It's a good rule of thumb. Remember that. Just wait till you have to shower. <laughs> and go in there. That's right. <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell and Roseanne Barr have some similarities. Both comedians, their first name's basically the same. And on a quick glance, you might be able to confuse one for the other, but... Definitely. Rosie is sick of it. People have mistaken me for her. It's been really intense since her tweet. I've had black and brown people come over to me and say, you're not so funny now. You're going to say it in front of me, Roseanne? I'm like, actually, I'm Rosie O'Donnell. I'm the one who loves Tom Cruise and hates Donald Trump. They think I'm her. The people who have come up to me have been very disturbed and insulted by that one thing. All those black and brown people? <laughs> I mean, maybe don't phrase it like that. Maybe. You know. Rosie and Roseanne are friends to a degree. Rosie says they talk on the phone that she did reach out to Roseanne right after she she sent out the tweet and encouraged her to delete it. They're definitely on the same palette, right? Like it's her, Roseanne, Rosie O'Donnell, Ricky Lake, I would put on that palette. Oh my God. No. Like, I don't know these people. <laughs> you have a considerable forklift for that palette, uh, Bill. It's a heavy palette. Oh, man. I mean, Costco. she says they're on opposite ends of the political divide, but it wasn't always that case. She said at one time we were very aligned. I don't know. I think regardless of your political affiliations, they're both annoying as hell. For sure. Yeah. Is, uh, is Rosie O'Donnell still on The View? I don't think she is. I think like only Whoopi is, is there from... Or maybe it's her and Joy. I don't know. It's like uh, Foreigner. There's only two original members yeah, still. something like that. Still doing it. Right. <laughs> All of those shows, I think, are just terrible. The Chew. The Talk. The Talk. The View. Dr. Phil might be the worst one of all of them. Man, my mom logs oh. so many man hours watching Dr. Phil. It's like she'll, so I, bad. I sat with her as she was recovering from her shoulder surgery. We watched nine episodes oh. of Dr. Phil. And it's all it's a project. Every person is a project. I'll tell you what we've got to do here. And then he takes somebody like an unruly teenager or a mom that's an alcoholic 
And he's like, I'll do, when I jump in it, I jump in it with both feet, and you're going to have to do oh. what I say you're going to have to do, and we got this camp set up for you, Heck and we're yeah. going to get you a makeover, and we're going to help you out. And it's, I mean, it's... It's Jerry Springer with Dr. Phil as yes. the host. It's, it's the Jerry same. Springer without the fights. Right. Like, without, like, the, the crazy circus freaks. Oh, God. Because remember, Jerry Springer, for a, a large period of time... Was just like, let's get on Black Panthers and Ku Klux Klan members, <laughs> yeah. and then see if we can talk things out. Right? Oh, they all fought immediately and never listened to a word either one of them said. Who saw that coming? Hmm. Anyways, that's that. Mike Pursuta has sports coming up for you momentarily. There's a whole new set of rules in the NFL this year, and the Steelers are trying to figure out how they're going to best manipulate them on special teams anyways the new kickoff rule is a little bit perplexing there's basically going to be a 40 yard gap in which only three people are allowed to stand on the receiving team that's kind of nuts right i gotta fix this rule i'm jumping (laughs) in with both feet uh billy gardell joining us at 9 a.m as well here on the dve morning show dve sports mike pursued live from steelers training camp st vincent college in latro mike take it away what's going on Sports are brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Let's uh, continue exploring the rules changes in the NFL that are on tap for this season. Uh, There's been a lot of talk about that out here at St. Vincent College, both uh, during a meeting with uh, a contingent of three NFL officials who arrived uh, on campus and spent about four days here last week, and then uh, a pretty detailed conversation with Steelers special teams coordinator, Danny Smith uh, on Sunday. There's uh, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, the new catch rule, the uh, the helmet-to-helmet stuff has been expanded. Uh, special teams are going to be dramatically different than uh, what you're used to seeing on kickoffs and kickoff returns. And there's also a point of emphasis on pass interference both ways, offensively and defensively. It's going to be uh, intriguing to see how all this stuff plays out. Uh, I mentioned the meeting with the officials last week. Uh, that was uh, relatively formal. Uh, one of the things you had to do when you asked uh, back Judge Tony Steratore, who was serving as the spokesman of the group, when you asked him a question, you had to uh, identify yourself and your affiliation. And uh, when I identified myself as Mike Pursuta from WDVE, that turned out to be pretty revealing on Tony's part. I listen to you all the time on my way home from work, by the way. So there you go. He's a big uh, fan of those late uh, afternoon hits on the Sean McDowell show. Oh, nice. uh, I'm a DVE guy, man. (laughs) They're everywhere, right? Uh, One of the things uh, you'll get to know uh, as this season progresses is the phrase linear posture. It it relates to uh, hitting with the crown of your helmet. That's anybody on any body part. And if you launch, you can be ejected. When they talk about linear posture, and that's something that we'll be looking at as officials that we can do in real time, we're saying your spine, your neck, and your head, if we see that in a linear horizontal posture, you see that player who's looking down at the ground, he's going to get himself into a linear dangerous position. We want that out of the game, and we're behind that 100%. So uh, you'll get to know that uh, well, I'm sure. And, uh, boy, I can't wait uh, for the tumult when somebody gets ejected for that. Uh, for, for the linear, linear posture? <laughs> linear posture, number 44. See you later. 
<laughs> that can be buzzed in from New York, by the way, too. Didn't the Steelers draft linear posture in the seventh <laughs> round this year? <laughs> yeah, he didn't. They couldn't sign him. Yeah. Just, it, it got he had scurvy. Uh, as for the uh, <laughs> aforementioned uh, kicking game changes, uh, Steelers special teams coordinator Danny Smith uh, does not as yet have all the answers. He's going to need four preseason games to find those. I think it's a good look at it, Mike. You know, and that's a that's the advantage in our league. You know, you got four weeks to figure it out. It's a trial and error. We none of us know. I mean, I read all these predictions, and I don't do that predicting. But you know, we're going to see all together, and there'll be uh, changes as we go along the way. But we got four weeks to get it all figured out. Do you pooch it? Do you just try to blast it out of the end zone? Do you try to uh, directional kick, which they've been doing for a long time in the NFL, and uh, pin the return man into the corner? Uh, how are you going to be able to uh, beat the coverage, which is now much closer than it used to be? The the biggest change on the kickoffs, and uh, just to give you guys a little context, football people talk about the 50-yard line, and then anything on the offensive side of it is plus, and anything on your defensive side of it is minus. So uh, the kickoff, for example, comes from the plus 35 as you receive it. Now, the the players blocking have to be between the plus 45 and the minus 40. In other words, 10 yards away from the kickoff is where you start your protection, and it you have to have eight guys within at least 15 yards of that area. Uh, then there are 40 yards uh, behind that on a normal kickoff where there are just three players on the receiving team. Uh, how, you, how you block this and how you cover this is uh, something that uh, is going to take a lot of figuring out over the next month. Here's uh, Danny Smith again. I've always thought, Mike, that the front line on a kickoff return is the toughest thing in special teams to teach. You know, I'm sprinting and I'm setting, and you got a 40-yard dash, and i got to block you. I think it's the hardest Clearly technique to teach on special teams. You know, you got to have your hands right, your feet right, all those kind of things. You have to have a good matchup, all those kind of deals. So I think that's very difficult to do. Now, the, the correlation between that is these guys aren't getting a running start, but we've moved these guys up, you know, more of them. Where you played with a five-man front or a six-man front, now everybody's playing with an eight-man front. So these guys are tighter. These guys don't have the running start. We're going to see, but once these speed guys get beyond them, they got a lot of space. So now it becomes a little bit like defensive football, just to put it in easy terms, defending a screen. You got a linebacker coming out, you got a corner coming up. Hey, I'm outside, you're inside. What are your fits? You know what I mean? You get two guys outside of Tyreek Hill, where the heck you think he's going? You get two guys inside Tyreek Hill, where you think he's going? So. You know, those kind of things, you know, change a lot. So there's a lot more communication in that space. Hey, I'm inside, you're outside, and so forth and so on. Tyreek Hill seems to make an impression on you. Tyreek Hill's the best. I mean, who's the best in the game right now? It's Tyreek Hill. We play him all the time. So, you know, I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to, you better be able to track the best if you're going to be worth a damn. I respect the heck out of his game. We had him in a Pro Bowl. I mean, he's a, he's a great, great player. Okay. Danny Smith mentioned Tyreek Hill about four times in that interview. I think it was a six-minute interview. <laughs> Um, I think there's going to be some returns early. I think some things are going to pop. Looking forward to it because last year they basically took that play out of the game, didn't they, Mike? They did. Now, and and the guys that can can boom it out of the end zone, they're they're probably just going to do that. I I agree with you guys on that. Uh, Another uh, caveat to this uh, policy, if the ball hits the ground in the end zone, the play's over. 
You can still really? run it out. You can run it out of the end zone, but if the ball hits the ground in the end zone, touchback, and uh, that's that. Steelers play the Eagles on Thursday night in Philadelphia, and there will be some kickoffs. Bucko's unable to get it done in Colorado. Yeah, uh, the last two night, two games actually. Uh, you know, they gave up uh, just two runs against St. Louis on Sunday, and uh, just two again last night. And normally that's uh, enough to win, but the Pirates have nothing to show for it. They got one run against the Cardinals Sunday. They got two hits and no runs against the Rockies last night. Joe Musgrove, seven innings, just one earned run allowed, but that was enough to get the Pirates beat. They are 57 and 56. They're eight and a half out in the division race and five and a half out in the wild card race. But uh, they, they've also lost seven of 11 since their 11 game winning streak, but more help is on the way. Believe it or not, the Pirates have acquired the shortstop Adani Echeverria from Tampa Bay. And uh, Echeverria is not exactly a household name, but he was a Gold Glove finalist at short in both 2014 and 2015. He is a very accomplished middle infielder uh, in terms of his defense. And uh, Clint Hurdle was uh, talking about uh, how they might use him uh, yesterday with reporters. And uh, Hurdle said that they... Uh, can use him at short or at second. Infield defense has not necessarily been a strength for the Pirates this year, but uh, this is uh, another pretty big-time acquisition. It cost the Pirates Class A right-hander Matt Sealinger. Hechevarria is uh, scheduled to be a free agent at the end of the season. Pirates are also getting some cash back in the deal. They continue uh, doing what they can, uh, and they still have 49 games left to do something. The pitching seems to be clicking into place, and uh, they got to find a way to start scoring runs again. Uh, they will play in Colorado again tonight. Jamison Tyone getting the ball for the Pirates. Thanks, Mike. More from Mike Pursuit Live in Latrobe with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Billy Gardell coming up at 9 o'clock right here on your home of the black and gold. 102.5 DVE. Billy Gibbons, ZZ Top, Frank Beard. What's the other guy's name? Dusty Bottoms? Or is that Stormy Daniels' sidekick? Yeah, that's a stripper. Something like that. Martavis Bryant is a... An Oakland Raider, things not going so good with him and Gruden. We'll explain what's going on and how the Steelers might have really dodged a bullet by Dylan Martavis Bryant to the Oakland Raiders. Also, Billy Gardell joining us in the 9 o'clock hour. And uh, we'll be chatting with him live from Los Angeles, California. Pretty cool stuff from Jay Leno yesterday on the uh, Mark Marin podcast. Who are your friends? Do you hang out with people? Like comics? Or I mostly? see Jerry. Yeah. Uh, Brogan and I work together all the time. Oh, yeah, I was at Comedy Magic. Uh, Billy Gardell. I, oh, yeah, I work yeah. with nice a lot guy. of guys. Yeah. Yeah, great guy. Yeah. Really funny guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's our guy. That's Billy Gardell. Yeah, we know him. Yeah, he's on at 9 a.m. here on DV. It is the DV Morning Show. Martavis Bryant is an Oakland Raider now. John Gruden, coach of the Raiders, not real happy with him. Not, not o- impressed. No, but it, it, it's one thing that they're expecting him to possibly be suspended again for violation of the substance abuse rules, Oops. which doesn't necessarily mean he took drugs again it just could mean he missed a 
a test yes. or something like that. Because once you end up in the system, you know, they are incredibly tough on you from that point forward. Do you remember how many people were like, oh, Martavis, he stretches the field. The Steelers can't lose him. He's got to get out of here and play better, Gruden said Saturday. He's a, in a competitive situation. Right now, a lot of the other receivers have had a nice camp. He's just got to learn the offense. He's got to stay out here. He's had some illnesses. He's got to get on the field. He's got to master the offense and become more versatile, and that's the key to making this team better. He's like third or fourth right now on their he's depth. Got, well, he's got to be because they have Amari Cooper and Jordy Nelson, and mm-hmm. you know they got some b- pretty big names weapon-wise out there. Just. I think he could be a game changer. I mean, we saw we saw what he did here. When he was healthy before he – last year I think was a wash because, you know, you can't take a whole year off of the NFL and that speed and come back and have a great year. And he didn't. Right. And they drafted his replacement with Juju, sort of. And now they got Washington, and they'll be fine at the receiver position. But I just think that guy, if he doesn't live up to his potential, that that'll that'll bum me out. Because I, I thought that guy was special. You loved Martavis. I, I mean, dude, if he caught a ball, it was for a touchdown. He caught a ball with his butt <laughs> in that Cincinnati game. He was twirling, spinning, toe tapping, and flipping. Yeah, it was one of the greatest coaches ever or catches ever. Um, hearing Gruden or just reading a Gruden quote makes me think of Caliendo doing Gruden. On the show. But I'm not sure. You know, the tough part. I could see more ESPN personalities becoming movie stars uh, rather than them making a movie about ESPN. Oh, good segue. Yeah. John Gruden. something better. Yeah. (laughs) John Gruden, uh, for instance, would be great. Oh, he would have been great in The Godfather. Kidding me? You come to me. And the day of my daughter's wedding, man. (laughs) What's your name? Luca Brazzi? <laughs> tell you what, man, I am not scared of you one bit. You better change your name to something tougher. If your name is Luca Brazzi, I tell you what, man, I I'm not running and hiding. I'm not giving handing over any money. I'm just doing whatever I want. You gotta change your name to Vito, like me, man. I'll tell you what, my name is Vito. Think about that. You know what the president does when he doesn't like something? He vetoes it. And that's what I'm going to do to you, man. I'm not going to sign your bill. Billy Gardell's coming up 9 a.m. here on the DV Morning Show. Billy Gardell's coming up when we come back from this commercial break here on the DVE Morning Show. Plus, we'll check in with Mike Pursuta for one more uh, hit at Steelers training camp. He'll give you the lowdown on how they're dealing with the new rule changes and what's expected from camp. I liked uh, hearing that Mason Rudolph was ahead of schedule for some reason when uh, Kevin Colbert said that. But when you and I saw Mason Rudolph the other day, it wasn't like he wasn't lightening up in those drills. No. 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 But. No. If he picks it up a little bit, I think that just makes number seven get even a little more of a fire under his arse. You know what I mean? No question. But I I feel, I actually feel bad for Dobbs because they kind of, there's no spot for him on the roster. It doesn't look like. Like. Yeah, but he's a rocket scientist. Like. He's a rocket scientist. He's going to, you know, he'll find work. I think he will as well. 
Although, what if there's a a, a Big Ben at the uh, rocket science place that he gets hired at? <laughs> and then he's low down on the depth chart. And then some Mason Rudolph guy they bring in. They just like, drafted this guy. Well, don't worry, man. Look, we need more rocket scientists now than ever before. With Space Force, these people are going to be on call 24-7, Bill. No doubt. Yeah. So Josh Dobbs is going to be just fine. Don't you worry. Josh Dobbs is an incredible human being. I saw him speak, and he gave such a motivational speech. And it was at you know uh, uh, outside at the charity. porta potties. Oh no, it was at a charity event to benefit um, alopecia in this yeah. camp that they send kids to. He and Ryan um, Chazier both uh, have alopecia, and it it's incredible just what he's overcome and just you know what you have to deal with. Like, to, to overcome that, and then on top of that, you're a rocket scientist and a pro athlete, like, the kid is special. Yeah. I'm just thinking about a nap later today. I mean, <laughs> for real. Like, I just want to go lay down at all times. <laughs> that is your that is your mantra. Yeah. I just want to figure out what it is I have to do to get to the point where I can go lay down. Lay down. I made a noise when I sat down the other day. And it made like three people laugh. I was like, oh. I'm making a lot of noises now. A lot. Do you sigh halfway through the day? Like All I do is When sigh you breathe now. in, you go, ah. <laughs> and then I'll forget that I'm in public, and I'm like, oh, I probably shouldn't do that at the gym. That's the worst. Oh, yeah. When you're just talking to somebody, and you just, you're just you just exasperated, and you don't realize, ah. oh, my God. Yeah. Billy Gardell is never exasperated. Joins us now live from Los Angeles right when we come back here on DV. Benson. Is Billy on? We're waiting on Billy Gardell. All right. Currently 75 degrees right now at DVE. It's hot. It can be humid. Real and, humid. And then it's going to storm. Sweaty and then swampy and then wet. Those are those sound like symptoms that you don't want to have to describe. Yeah, things ever. are progressing. I should probably go to the hospital. Pittsburgh may be on the short list for a direct flight to Ireland. The Irish Times reports Aer Lingus is looking to add new North American destinations in. And I can't, Why can't I hear you say that word without reacting? I don't, am I ten years old? Yeah, it's, Aer Lingus. That's really like they. That's the name they came up with. They focus group that. What do you guys think of Aer Lingus? No, it's not a it's not a competition to see who would be the best. It's like those air guitar competitions. Yeah. No. Except for Lingus. Um it's uh it translates to air fleet in English. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, Just, it means something different here. <laughs> and that's where right. you want to fly from. The exchange rate screwed that thing all up. So you could be going straight direct from Pittsburgh, uh, I'm guessing, to Dublin. In the past year, nonstop service from Pittsburgh overseas has expanded to include London, which is very cool. Awesome. Have you been to Ireland? I've not been to Ireland. I want to go. You've never been to Ireland? Nope. I'm kind of surprised by that. No, I want to go. And, and check out my heritage, How the McKenna long, family. Yeah, of course. Yeah. How long uh, of a flight is it? Can't be five hours, six hours. That's nothing. I mean, Reykjavik's five hours. We have nonstop to Seattle now, too, and that's like five and a half hours, or maybe even longer. I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, it really is tremendous now that, that uh, you know, one nonstop is considered to be, like, everything. You know, everywhere there's a layover. You can't get anywhere direct. Oh, yeah, I know. Well, I'm just so used to connecting all the time. And that's where you get screwed. It's always on the connection. Of course. You'll get out of Pittsburgh, and then they'll be sitting in Atlanta or Charlotte or somewhere like that, and then they're like, so, uh, update on your flight. Sorry, but... Um, the problem is, is there was only a 20-minute window to begin with. Yeah. Then we were about 45 minutes late. Sometimes that's my fault, though, because when I'm booking a flight, I'm always like, oh, what's the quickest one? Even though there's a connection, I'll take the quickest itinerary. I think, I think because, everybody does that. But that gives you less time for errors, you know, so I don't know. Well, I'm not the one making the errors. That's true. Card skimmers have been found at a Butler County truck stop. Got to be on the lookout for these things, man. I don't know how you find them. Well, you, you're you in Butler County and you see a truck stop. The skimmers were discovered Friday at the Pilot Travel Center's ATM in Muddy Creek Township off uh, 79 and 422. Investigators aren't sure how long the skimmers have been there. <laughs> Investigators. I just picture like two guys in big long coach just staring at an ATM. What do you think? I don't Go know. Check. Like, Get over here. Two weeks? Three? Mm. I don't know. There's no telling. I say we set up a sting operation. <laughs> Crews are working to remove the train cars that fell on the Port Authority T-Rail on the south side there. Of course, everybody's seen the video now of that the one... Uh, um, train car barf? Yeah, the train car barf on Carson there. Even trains barf on Carson. Over the next 24 to 36 hours, teams are expected to clear the remaining cars and containers as well as get rid of the debris that's spilled from one of those containers, the one we were just talking about there. I saw that uh, that it would... I guess it was filled with Listerine strips or something. Yeah. And Paul Luke commented on your your uh, your post and said, "That's mouthwash mountain right there." <laughs> Got to admit, like after a, a wreck like that, that that mountain's never smelled so fresh. That's true. It is the best that the South Side has smelled mm, in, in a while. What is that spearmint? Billy Gardell joining us on the phone right now. What's up, Billy? How you doing? Billy. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Uh, you know, we're Billy, doing all right, Bill. We had a little train accident that uh, thankfully nobody was hurt. Uh, what on, happened? Well, you know, the T station over there on the South Side, uh, yeah. there was a train uh, derailed above it, and it fell down. The cars from the train fell onto the track of the oh, T. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, but yeah, nobody was just hurt. pulled out. No. No, it was a couple oh, minutes no injuries, away. injuries, thank God. And Thomas the Train uh, jumped the track at Kennywood a couple times. Is that real? Yeah, yeah. That, that's real. That's real, yeah. too. That happened. <laughs> and the pirate ship, uh, apparently any mode of transportation in Pittsburgh right now is not safe. Well, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Stay in the house, everybody. We'll all try again tomorrow. <laughs> Just, let's call it a day. How'd you do up in uh, Cleveland last week? I actually did good. Uh, I had a lot of fun in Cleveland, which I have never said in my life before. But I, uh, <laughs> I did. I had a, f a blast. They booed me a little bit when they, you know, they, <laughs> the owner uh, of Hilarities, which is actually one of the best comedy clubs in the country. Uh, Nick Costa is such a good guy. And uh, and when they brought me up, they'd say, you've seen him on Mike and Molly, and there'd be a round of applause. And you can see him this year on Young Sheldon. There'd be a little bit of applause. And then it'd be, he's from Pittsburgh. And then a minute and a half of, ah. <laughs> so, but it was a lot of fun, man. I have to say they were uh, they were a fun-loving group. And uh, 
And, uh, you know, the hate is all about Baltimore now. It's not really between us and them anymore. And I think they're just looking for more than three wins. So they weren't really that upset. Well, we Don Drapered them long ago. You know, yeah, I think we did. Where yeah. we just we just look at them and go, we don't think about you at all. <laughs> That's pretty much it. So it was a good weekend, and then before that, I was in Kansas City, and uh, much to the chagrin of my doctor, got some burnt ends, barbecue burnt ends, and then uh, the week before that was Milwaukee. So it was a real bad food run for the last three oh, weeks. Oh, yeah, the Midwest, all that the mid- barbecue. It was the Midwest, yeah. You know, and if you're not conditioned for the Midwest eating-wise when you go on the road, <laughs> that, that, that'll, that, that'll put you out for three to four days. <laughs> uh, that will put you out for three to four days. You're just not ready for that rotation anymore. Oh, and I think that's a real sign of where I'm at age-wise, too. I used to leave towns going... I gotta get out of here, man. To dry out, quit drinking. Now it's I gotta get out of here to quit eating. I gotta quit eating, man. I gotta put, I gotta put the food down. Yeah. Uh, Billy, we uh, we were talking about this earlier. This clip from uh, Mark Merritt's podcast with Jay Leno. Who are your friends? Do you hang out with people? Like comics or I mostly? See Jerry. Yeah. Uh, Brogan and I work together all the time. Oh yeah. Oh, I comedy magic. Oh. Uh, Billy Gardell. I, oh, yeah, I work with nice a lot guy. of guys. Yeah. yeah, great guy. Yeah. Really funny guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool. Whoa. How cool is that? That's hey. very cool. That is very, very cool. <laughs> Thank you for that, man. That's very, very cool. Good guy, man. Good, good guy. You just did a show, right? I did. I have a 69 Cutlass, and uh, and so uh, Jay was nice enough to invite me onto the show, and I got to go... We drove all over the valley in it, and then uh, we, I got to go back into the garage, which is like, uh, it's the, his car garage is like something, it, it is the male adult Disneyland, if you like, uh, if you like cars. I mean, Isn't it like the size of an airplane hangar, Bill? Like- it, it, it's, it's, it's not a hangar, it's actually a building that it might be a little bit bigger, Billy, <laughs> and it's, 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 it has sections, there's uh there's uh there's an entire wing of um, um, motorcycles. There's an entire wing of classic cars. There's an entire wing of high-end sports cars. There's an entire wing of muscle cars. It's it's the most incredible thing car-wise that you've ever seen in your life. And Jay's always been really good to me, man. Always been superb to me. I mean, even when I um, when I came out here to. Uh, California when I when I hit he was the first guy that put me on uh the tonight show and he let me come over and just do panel which was a big give and when I was on panel he gave me my segment was supposed to be three minutes he kept me on for eight and a half minutes I still have that on tape actually and when I came to the tonight show because um, him and my manager he'd, he'd known Chris my manager from years before and uh I brought my dad uh, the second time, and my stepmom and my son and my wife. When I came in, there were flowers for the girls. Um, uh, he, he had bought this little, Will was, I think, four or five years old, and he had bought this, uh, like, sketchbook and crayon so Will wouldn't get bored backstage for him. And, um, and then he came in and told my father that when he got successful, he bought his father a Cadillac, and then he left. <laughs> he goes, I don't know what your son's doing, but uh, I bought my papa cat. Like, all right, I'll see you for the show. And then um, my son drew a picture of me and Jay in like a, a, a hot rod, you know, and uh, he gave it to Jay at uh, the end of the show. And I went back to do the Tonight Show a year and a half later, and that picture was 
still in his office. So we, oh, we became cool. fast friends, and he's just a good, solid cat, man. I, I like Leno a lot. That's really cool. Did is that and, and a, a tremendous comic in his time, you know? Oh yeah, he told a great story on that podcast say, that uh, he was working with Perry Como, right? Right. And Perry's like, uh, "What are you doing with that uh, girl over there? What's going on?" He was with Mavis. He's like, "Yeah, I'm dating her." You know, he's like, "Gonna marry her?" He's like, "Yeah, maybe one day." And he's like, "What are you waiting for?" He's like, "I ah, gotta save up some money." So Perry Como pulled out two thousand dollars and goes, "Here, go marry her." <laughs> for real, and he did. Cool. He did. Yeah, that's, oh, that's so cool, hilarious. Man. I wanted to ask you, Bill, real quick: is uh, is is Jay Leno's garage? Is it like open? As is it a museum at this point? No, or? no, no. He's it's it's uh, it's it's uh, uh, gated. You have to be invited in there because it, not only is the car collected, like Billy, there's a there's a it's a Lamborghini or a Ferrari. I don't know which one. I think it's a Lamborghini, but it only has one seat up front, and it's in the center of the console, and so is the steering wheel. And there's like only 800 of them made or something. He bought it like way back in the late 90s. That car alone is worth $850,000. Wow. So like, <laughs> that's one car. There's over 800 of them in there, so you can imagine. And then what's really How really many? Cool, excuse me. I think he's got to be up to 800, somewhere in there. Gotta that's be. insane. Yeah, and then if you walk across uh, from where the cars, he's got a full working garage with the coolest guys in the world that just they get there and they're just mechanics and they're working on cars all the time. And you know, this was really cool too. Jay was a spokesperson for Hot Wheels for a little while, right? I think he's still doing some stuff for them. Anyway, he's got a box of these collectible Hot Wheels uh, in a box, and uh, and I go, hey. Uh, can I have some of those? And he goes, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to, I brought a couple collectibles because I used to buy, uh, one of my things for Will when I was on the road was I would always buy a Hot Wheel no matter where I was at. Now, Kinesi the cop and me have had a lifelong argument over Hot Wheels versus Matchbox. Right, yeah. Matchbox is now out of business, so I've already won that once. <laughs> so, but he's delusional and he still has a few in his garage. Matchbox is the hunts. It's the Hunts catch-up. No question. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Why didn't I think of that? That's the Hunts catch-up. Yes, Matchbox is the Hunts of little metal cars. So um, Jay was nice enough to give me those uh, Hot Wheels. He gave me like seven or eight of these really cool collectible only print Hot Wheels. And I brought a couple home for Will, and we were looking at them. And then I said, hey, will you do me a favor? <laughs> Can you autograph one of these for my buddy? And he, I had him sign it, uh, Dear Frank, Matchbox Sucks. Nice. Love Jay. That's <laughs> <I sent it laughs> <to him>. hilarious. <laughs> Matchbox stinks. Yeah, yeah. That's the hunt. Sign. That's the hunt of little metal cars. The Tonight Show host. <laughs> yeah, can AC the cop just getting the Tonight Show oh, host yeah, to jag no, him? He didn't talk to me for about a week and a half after <laughs> that one. <laughs> Billy Gardell uh, hanging out with us uh, right now, and uh, man, Kazi, uh, is it good to talk to you guys? Yeah, right. Oh, so great to talk to you, Bill. Oh man, see there uh, he is, yeah, Bill. You're yep. doing the thing. Here, we were did. just talking about. We just that. did it. We're all sighing. Everybody's sighing. Yeah, you need a sigh. Just a oh, oh, sigh today. There's nothing like that. You know, you appreciate your size these days. <laughs> uh, well, I was There's telling so few and far between. I was telling they usually come after eating. 
Oh yeah, well that'll be one. I just <laughs> I think they're just I, I do it a lot more than I used to, and I don't know if it's like sign of the times or like getting older or whatever. But I made a big noise when I sat down the other day, and everyone just kind of laughed at me. I was like, oh. Yeah, I make that noise whether I'm standing up or sitting down. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But as soon as I shift into gear, I make that noise. That's how I, I know it's time to move forward. All right, you ready to talk a little Steelers, Billy? Yeah, I am, actually. All right, we're yes. going to take a break. We're going to come back. Mike Pursuit is live at Steelers training camp. Oh, right on. Latrobe, and uh, he'll get us up to speed on what's going on out there. More with Billy Gardell coming up here on DV. DVE Sports. All right. It is the DV Morning Show. Getting carried away there with Billy Gardell. There, Billy, you there? Guys. Hey, all right. Are Guys. we able to have Mike and Billy on here, Joe? You got it all set up? Mike, pursuit of life. Let Steve. Mike get us our information. I, I think you'll be able to talk to each other. Billy okay. Gardell okay. in Los Angeles. Mike Pursuta in Latrobe. Trivi there. I'm here. Can you hear Billy? He just said cuz, didn't he? Mikey. It's good to see you, Mikey. <laughs> Of course, even if I couldn't hear him, that would be a good guess. That would be a good guess, <laughs> yeah. yes. Exactly. Take it away, Mike. Give, give. Give us the goods. Steelers getting ready uh, for the preseason opener Thursday night in Philadelphia. Can, can you believe the exhibition season is upon us? And, oh, uh, so good. We will continue uh, talking about all the changes uh, in the NFL's operation this year. Uh, we've hit particularly hard today. The special teams changes, kickoffs are going to be different than they've ever been. Uh, everybody uh, has to be aligned a certain way, both on the kicking and receiving teams. For the receiving teams, that includes eight guys uh, at least 10 yards, but no further than 25 yards away from the restraining line on the kickoff. That is uh, a change. And then some, uh, is this going to lead to more returns? It is, is this going to lead to more pooch kicks? Well, it might, but uh, Steelers special teams coordinator Danny Smith knows that sometimes those pooch kicks come with a price to pay. Well, it's true, but again, it's a field position game, so if you pooch the hell out of it and those guys are lined up at the 15 or 20 and they catch it at the 25 or the 27, it's a good field position play. And also, it all depends where you put it. Yeah, it cut to the point. It, it's, uh, it, it's something they're going to have to work out whether or not they think they can uh, – kick it deep and prevent a huge return because of all the space you're going to be kicking into or if you just kind of concede an extra 10 or 15 yards on the field position aspect of it. One thing you're probably not going to see a lot of anymore is uh, the returner getting tackled inside the 20-yard line. That's usually a real good play on defensive special teams, but uh, that stuff may have been legislated out. Danny Smith thinks that uh, he's going to need the entirety of the preseason to figure everything out and determine uh, the Steelers' A course of action in the kicking game this year, but he thinks they're going to be pretty good on special teams one way or another. That'll help. It's always, you know, here uh, a return issue. You know, we lost our personal protector, so, you know, we've got to make a personal protector and we've got to find returners. You know, we're, we're pretty good everywhere. We've got enough gunners. You know, we do. We've got enough jammers. We're, you know, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be pretty good. We really will. Our specialists are good. We just, you know, we're going to have a new PP, and that was just because we lost Robert Golden, and that's part of the game and, uh, in this free agency age. So we're going to have a new PP, and we're always looking for returners. That's got to be a filling out process, right, with the new PP? Why did you say so, like Bill? Behind him, when he was being interviewed, people were in line on the jackrabbit. Because <laughs> that's, that's, that's training camp, camp now, Bill. It's Kennywood out Dude, there. Dude, it's straight Kennywood. 
Yeah, that was he was down on the field after practice, and there are people lined up along the fences screaming at the players to uh, come sign something or take a picture. Uh, that's one of the constant sounds up here. The other is uh, if you have a, a mid-afternoon interview around lunchtime, you hear the golf carts shuttling the guys back and forth to the cafeteria. <laughs> uh, I love both of those sounds, by the way. How's your dorm, Mikey? It is the same as it's been, Bill. Yeah? Just hot and smells like dip, right? Uh, no, they're air-conditioned. Okay. No, no. Do you have your own TV brought in like the players do, Mike, or do you, you just go with what they got? No, I uh, I rent uh, a bed, a TV, and a dorm fridge. <laughs> it's amazing nice. how happy and simple life can be, isn't it, Mike? Oh my God, Bill, this is uh, <laughs> this is my thirty second camp, seventeenth covering it for the morning show, and it's so uh, great. I I absolutely love it. I know you do. It's uh, it's a fun process, particularly this year, because there's a lot of stuff that uh, they've got to resolve. Uh, you heard Danny Smith talk about returners. You know, they'd rather not have Antonio Brown return the punts. Uh, is Juju Smith-Schuster going to be uh, too valuable at receiver to use as a kickoff return guy? And uh, can a guy like Quadri Henderson from Pitt, who was uh, a lights-out explosive return guy in college, can he make the team – you know, mostly as a return guy only. Uh, that possibility exists, but anybody who is going to crack the roster as a return guy better look good in those preseason games starting on Thursday night. Here's Danny Smith talking about that. They're going to have to shine in the game, you know what I mean? They really are. I mean, out here, you know, guys look good. You can judge, you know, are they comfortable catching the ball or are they balanced catching the ball? What kind of things do they set up? You can evaluate some of those things, but it's never real until you get into a game. And conversely, if you take one to the house in a game, that's pretty real. Right. If you, if you take a couple, you're probably going to make the team one way or another. Steelers. Well, I'm all for AB not returning a punt or a kickoff ever again. I would, uh, I would just put a little asterisk on that. If there was uh, a critical game late in the year and it's a critical situation, I might throw him back there on a punt. Okay, it would have to be critical, though. Because yeah. I think he'll be – He's good enough at it. He doesn't have to do it every week. He can still maybe pop one for you. I just get nervous. I get so yeah, nervous too, when Bill. he returns. He could get hurt. He could kick the Browns punter in the face again. You don't know what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I call fair catches in my kitchen. I can't imagine what goes through his head. Mike, they, uh, they won't have a lot of action from the first teamers on Thursday night, right? Wouldn't assume so. Mike Tomlin's got a press conference today at about 1130. Uh, Sometimes he breaks down how he's going to use his personnel. Sometimes he says, we haven't had a chance to talk about that yet. And whenever he says that, I always wonder, then why the hell are we having a press conference? Right. (laughs) Why don't you do that, and then we'll meet back here in an hour. Yeah, would would tomorrow be better? You guys going to kick that around tonight? Are you going (laughs) to kick it around on the plane to Philly? Maybe maybe when you go to Pat's Steaks for lunch on Thursday, are you going to decide what's the... Mike, any words on the secondary? Uh, interesting, and uh, it's kind of what we suspected in the spring. Uh, they've got the, the number one pick, uh, Terrell Edmonds, for example. He's probably not going to start at safety. That's going to be Sean Burnett and, uh, excuse me, Morgan Burnett and Sean Davis. But how many times are they going to go with five, six, and even seven DBs at the expense of one or two inside linebackers? You know, it's all about the hybrid safety that can do linebacker things guys that can run and cover and still stop the run if uh, the other team tries to throw you that curveball. Better be able to tackle. 
Terrell Edmonds, I think, looks uh, really good at whatever they ask him to do. He's not perfect by any stretch, but he's doing everything fast, and uh, he's got a physical skill set that uh, is just obvious when uh, you get a chance to see him. And a common refrain up there, Mike, with everyone we talked to was he never makes the same mistake twice. Right. And uh, That's very good. And if he did, it would be jazz. <laughs> very coachable. A lot of yes, sir, that. no, sir. Uh, <laughs> they, they, uh, they have uh, a lingering uh, question to resolve at backup tackle. And uh, the number two pick wide receiver, James Washington from Oklahoma State, looks good against the backups, playing with the backups. Battle catch. He needs to take some steps to uh, get up and play more frequently with the big boys and earn their confidence. But, uh, you know, it's uh, it's early in the process, Bill. Right now everybody's undefeated and uh, no reason not to be uh, optimistic at this juncture. Mike Pursuit, live right. from Steelers training camp. We're going to take a quick break, come back, talk more with Billy Gardell. Buckos dropped Gosh. in Colorado last <laughs> night. But, Mike, they made a, uh, what looks to be a pretty nice trade, if not a uh, one that made as big of a splash as the Archer trade. Buckos might have uh, found themselves a, uh, a shortstop for, for a while to come here. Uh, at, least, at least for the rest of this year, they got themselves uh, a very good shortstop at the cost of a Class A minor league pitcher Adani Echeverria formerly of Tampa is coming to the Pirates he's supposed to be in Colorado uh, to join the team today the Pirates are also getting some cash considerations for a guy who was a gold glove finalist at short in 2014 and 2015 Uh, the infield defense and infield depth just got a whole lot better at no cost off the current roster Uh, it might be bad news for Sean Rodriguez but uh, that might be the only guy uh for which this is bad news. Uh, Danny Echeverria is a, the real deal at short. More with Billy when we come back Thursday night. It's the Steelers and the Eagles here on deep. Oh, Stan doing the Shenderovich ads. Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Saverin. That's right. He took Fishman's spot. Fishman. Where is Fishman? <laughs> Where is Fishman? He's never around. He's Billy Gardell hanging out with us here on the DVE Morning Show. Bill, uh, I was on vacation with my nieces and nephews and the whole family last week, and uh, my nieces are, like, reading these books and are hanging out uh, by the pool and everything. And I'm like, yeah, cool. What, what are you reading? They're like, stuff for school. And I'm like, for real? The summer reading list? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Will's no That's what I was saying. Will's on Jane Eyre. He's got 500 pages to go. He only has 20 days to do it. <laughs> I said, how's it going? He goes, Stinks. I go, yeah, well, I go, well, what's going on in the book? He goes, all she's doing is complaining. We <laughs> <laughs> should have done that in way. June and broke that up a little bit, huh, buddy? Yeah. I'm by now. I know, I know. I know, yeah. Now, Will's at the point where I've beat him with so many when I was your ages that whatever I say to him, he just tries to cut me off. Like, I'll go, you know, I know we should be grateful for everything we have. We can't, we got to take it seriously. We can't ever, we got to have humility. When we work, we got to do it the right way the first time. And he just, he runs me out of the room with my own words now. That's hilarious. I was never, I know they sunk in, you know? That's right. I was never the kind of person who was like, oh, I'm just going to crank out these books or, you know, early in the summer so I can enjoy the rest of the year. Wait, you got to tell Gardell what your dad did with his uh, his decor at the house when you were growing up. What did he do? Well, he he wanted to, you know, where the fuse box was, he wanted to put something over so he couldn't see it. And uh, it was, like, above a TV, so it looked ugly, too. So he he built a bookshelf that you could, like, <laughs> you could pull off the wall. Mm-hmm. But in order to do that, it, that could, it, 
so that's like Pennsylvania squared. But it did, could, wait, just let me ask this: Did any of the books actually come out of the bookshelf? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but they were half books. <laughs> In order to fit. You had to Good. cut the book about an inch like and a half books. into the book, and then so you, you just can, you stick can it quote in the half of the classics. Yeah, I mean, you, not, you don't know how any of the classics ended. I don't know how any of the pages ended. <laughs> so good. We got half the story. But he did, and then later on, we, he like you know he he expanded a living room in the house. This is after we were gone, and he put a big TV in there. Uh, was uh, right as like we were all about to be gone, and he put a big TV in there. But half of the bookshelf fit okay because the back of it was going to go into the garage, so he could expand there. But the other half would have knocked out a hallway, so he had to make that half a fake bookshelf. <laughs> so we had to cut a bunch of books with a hacksaw, <laughs> and then put them into this fake book. Now keep in mind. He never read an effing book, ever. Like, I never saw him read a book my entire life that didn't have sports illustrated on the front. That's what we do in the Bauman house. Yeah, we looked at books. Listen, I need all these books three and a half inches. You got it? (laughs) Three and a half. I am not kidding, man. I'll take pictures of them. Put them in the vise. Get the hacksaw out. It, it's the dumbest and most hilarious thing. And I told Bill yesterday, my girlfriend oh, in high school good. never let me forget it when he screamed at me and told me to cut the books or I was going to get grounded. <laughs> He's like, you cut them GD books in half by the time I get home or I'm going to raise hell. Yeah, blah, 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 you know. If you haven't Fahrenheit 451 of these books. That's right. By the time I get home. That's right. That's so good. That better be 225 and a half by the time I get back. <laughs> yeah, my daughter my daughter reads a ton and I think that I think that these schools now like a good school gives your kid an insane amount of homework on purpose so that you have to help them so that the, you know they know that the parents are engaged. Yeah, because well, Patty has to help because I'm I'm done. I tapped out on math at eighth grade. I'm not yeah. even kidding. I don't even know. He, how to... he was at algebra one and now he's geometry. I can't believe I you know. made it to eighth grade, Bill. I'm tapped yeah, out in fourth grade. Yeah, I was done with math at eight. That's it. I, I, I literally cannot can't comprehend what they're doing. I'm, I'm no. okay with English, except sometimes my Pittsburgh will catch me with a then instead of a then. I mess that up once in a while. <laughs> and uh, but I'm 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 pretty good with like I'm good at when it comes down to studying for tests because of the way I memorize lines. I can help them there. I'm good. At, we're good at the repetition until we get the answer that's just rolling. I'm good. I'm, so I'm good at the study part. I'm not like reviewing for the test. I'm no good at the actual process of learning. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I can cram with the best of them. Yeah, that I, didn't come out the way I wanted it to. Actually, yeah, it's all that right. sounds maybe not great. I could solve a math problem, but it would be incorrect. By the way, I don't know how they do. Now you seem to me like a guy that would have excelled at math. I don't know why. No, he's he's terrific at math. He's probably yeah. lying he, right he, now. Been, no, you know, I was no. I'm saying weirdly, I don't know the new math. Weirdly, 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 musicians have a math brain. I don't know what that is. Because music is math. I guess. Well, there you have it. I don't know why math is music. I look at a sheet music and I see notes because I used to play the saxophone, but I don't. I don't connect the math to it. I don't get. Is it? Billy's a Steely Dan lyric. I used to work the saxophone. (laughs) (laughs) Can they see the cop play the blues? I don't know. Music doesn't give me a headache the way math does. 
yeah. don't know, man. But I, I know I did, I did good on uh, math on the SAT, and I did terrible on verbal. Now, see, I wouldn't see that for you either. Yeah, I was all hungover. I probably, you know. <laughs> I think that's probably more the truth. Well, you only had half a book to work with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not used to seeing it all together here. Can you? Can I cut this page half up? <laughs> I was just can, thinking can about I the cake party. My books? You mean two piles? No, I mean, can I separate my books? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but my high school was really, like, I had a great high school. So I had a ton of studying to do, and I learned how to study. So when I went to college, I thought college was totally easy. Yeah, see. That's see. something nobody ever told me in my life. I never heard that until Patty said that to Will. You have to learn how to study. Mm-hmm. There's actually yeah. a technique to that. I had no idea. No, because yeah. we went to public school, Bill. I mean, I went to Alderdice. I think I got a one-sheeter every other week. <laughs> Sniff that right coming right. off that that crank thing. They were like, uh, "We're gonna we're gonna do show and tell tomorrow." I'm like, "I'm a junior in high school. Why are we still doing show and tell?" <laughs> Not exactly a top notch education happening there. Not at all. So nowadays it doesn't matter. You can if you need to get out and about, you can just talk into your phone, and anything you want will appear. Now with Amazon. Uh, availing the Alexa to everyone. I mean, hey, free speaker, cool. And you know, meanwhile, it's like yeah, it's free. spying on you, right? Um, do you know that the average amount people spend on Amazon when they're drunk, if they're drunk shopping, is forty bucks? Wow! But I don't think I've ever done this. I know a lot of people who go on eBay drunk. A lot of drunk eBaying. I did it one time, and I bought these stupid bar stools, and I'll never do it again. You bought bar stools drunk? Yeah. Well, that makes sense, though. That doesn't. That's not. That's tracking. For I'm me. bringing my own bar stool to the bar next time. Well, dude, it was one of those things where I knew I was gonna finish my basement, and I just got the house, and I was like, oh, I want to have these bar stools, and so I got on eBay, and I saw these things that looked like. You know, they look like they were in some like Mexican's house in the in the nineteen seventies. You know, they're the little dangly like. But I uh, get little, the whole yeah. thing. You drinking new house, right? Bar stools like that. The tracks. fringe, that does, the that fringe. Sound yeah. Like I like to hear stuff like I ordered uh, a snowblower and it's June. Like I like you know. <laughs> that's the story I want to. I'm out of season. eBay, eBay as easy as eBay was once Amazon came along. It it made eBay look hard. Like oh. Yeah. I got to go to a category? I can't. Yeah. The ten, <laughs> Amazon, you just put it in and it's there. The know? 10 most regretful drunk buys are phones and phone accessories. Yeah, I could see you get the wrong plug or something. Books. Home and kitchen. So I didn't have to buy it. Wait, wait, did the books come fully? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. People have someone that bought cut this also bought a hacksaw. <laughs> <laughs> you beat me by two seconds. Home and so kitchen good. stuff, sports and camping supplies. Oh, oh I bet camping. You're like, I'm going camping. We're going outdoors. Get a couple lanterns. Come on, we're going on a trip. If I buy couple it, we'll definitely bags. go. If I buy it, we'll definitely go. I believe online shopping is the reason for hoarding. Oh, yeah. Because no question. It's, it's too easy, man, to load the house with crap. Like, when you had to go get something, you had to think about, one, how bad do I really need it? Two, how bad do I really want to go get it? And three, is it do I need it right now? Like, you had to have that step process. Now you could just hit a button, and the drone comes. There's no, 
You know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah. No, a package good. showed up at my house the other day. I go, what's this? I forget. I forgot ordering it. Well, I told you my new rule with Patty. If you can't tell me what's in this box, it goes back. I love that. That's awesome. Tell me what's in it. You can shake it. Maybe that'll help you. But if you can't tell me what's in that box. <laughs> you let her shake it? That's funny. Back it goes. Yeah. The 10 best drunk buys people were happy with. Musical instruments, stuff for your pets, health-related items, computers, clothing, jewelry, food. Mu- food. Food. Yeah. Well, Amazon will deliver food. Um, music. Tools, other random electronics like, you know, Amazon devices like Echo and stuff like that. Women spend more than men when they're drunk. And here's the booze breakdown. Gin drinkers spend by far the most on Amazon when they're drunk. 82 bucks. Wow. Rum is next. 54 bucks. Then vodka's 51. White wine, 46. Red wine, 42. Tequila's 40. Probably because you pass out before you get you hit the... Proceed to checkout button. <laughs> Beer's 39. Whiskey also only 39. They've made it so easy, too, because if you have an Amazon Prime card or something, you don't have to sit there with your uh, your card on your lap and start looking at the numbers and that kind of stuff. Nah. You just one click. You're done. Done. It's dangerous. Done. Dangerous. Dangerous. Shop locally. Was, Go wait, to wait, local wait. stores. What was the last last couple on the 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 crappiest things they bought. Did we get all ten of those? On the uh, the crappiest, they were yeah, like the top the top three crappiest. Video games and beauty supplies. Those are the ones that are the most regretful. Appliances, yeah, video games, and beauty supplies. Appliances. Appliances. Yeah, that's a big purchase. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't I'm not ordering a microwave from Amazon. <laughs> I'm not doing that. No. What's the biggest thing you ever order from Amazon? I I I attempted to order a vacuum cleaner, <laughs> I had, and then uh, I stopped because I was like, "Wait a minute, this is huge. I should just go get one from the hardware store or something." Patty ordered a uh, a table, four chairs, and an umbrella for the patio. Amazon. Oh yeah! Wow, she did patio furniture. She don't mess around, dude. When when it came, we got the table and the two chairs and the umbrella, and then there were two chairs that weren't there. And I just went right into Pittsburgh from the generation nothing works. I said, "You see, we're never going to see those chairs. That's it. That's done. <laughs> we're that's done. We're going to have to get a lawyer to get those two chairs to this house." Bezos they, just robbed us. Yeah, then they came the next morning. <laughs> it's handy. The stuff that freaks me out, though, is like I'll buy sneakers from Zappos or something, uh, or like uh, gym clothes or something like that. It doesn't fit. I send it back. I put it in the mail at 2 in the afternoon. I get an email at 6 in the afternoon. Hey, we got your stuff back. I'm like, yeah. why? How? Yeah. Huh? Well, and if you're talking to your phone or Alexa or anything, I mean, then... On your social media, there's an advertisement for it, like 20 seconds later. Yeah, that's You say true. socks, then you look on your Facebook or your Twitter, and you'll see socks. I mean, just think about if that happened in real life, how creepy that would be if you said something and then a dude just showed up and was like, you want some socks? Well, that's why. Like, where the hell did you just come from? Get away from me. Right down on the corner. <laughs> I heard you was looking for some socks. You're triggering everybody's <laughs> Alexa right now, Billy. Like, if yeah, I say probably. right now, and they're like, Alexa, fart. A, bu- a bunch of Alexas just farted around town right now. <laughs> that's. Uh, uh, I, I have to say, I only use my Alexa for sports scores and music, and I do enjoy her. Oh, I dude, I. 
I hate that. I hate Alexa. I hate Siri. I hate them all. Uh, They're all working know. against I us. I haven't Siri, gotten in. I don't want her to hear that. I haven't gotten in super deep with Amazon. Like I mainly buy books from Amazon, and I feel like that's like getting in a Ferrari and only using the the radio. You know, I, I'm not I'm not utilizing everything because no. I know I've. I don't, Billy, I'm like that with everything I own, whether it's an iPhone or the Alexa. I I, I got I like going for the two things I know how to do and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you could you could have a phone that controls lightning, and I would never know. Right, I would never know. I got a MacBook that. Air. I use the internet and pages. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. Dude, my my uh, my forerunner the other day, I hit the talk buttons to activate my phone, and I'm like, you know, call my mom, and it somehow heard weather. And it blasted this weather report up on the screen. It had all these graphics and a radar. I had no idea it did any of that wow. stuff. I'm like, this is awesome. Kevin Benson was sitting next to you all of a sudden. You're like, how the hell did you get in here? Yeah, partly cloudy uh, later today. A little bit more humidity than you like, but it should be too uncomfortable out in the uh, counties. Oh, God. That voice. <laughs> Can I drop you off somewhere, Kev? Yeah, I'm Kevin Benson. I need a ride. Yeah. It's like- <laughs> <laughs> Billy Gardell live from Los Angeles. Thanks so much, brother. I love you guys. Yeah, and, uh, where's Val? Is Val on vacation? Yeah. She okay? Yeah, she's, she's resting. On vacation. All right, send my love to her. And uh, I love you guys, and I'll talk to you next week. All right, man. Back at you. Thanks, Bill. Hey. Tomorrow on the show, we'll be better. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.